Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said I'm it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look sure. it up. Because it's Hulk Hogan. Sure. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. He's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. Oh, let's do a live on a Friday edition of the program. Bo and the boys with you for the next three. Tim May coming on at 1033. Doug Maurice, 1133. What we learned this week at 11 o'clock. Big Ten coach pressure cooker coming up at the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, you heard from the update man there, the uh, the news in the NFL of the Falcons moving on and not going with Bill Belichick. It is championship weekend in the NFL as well. But I think if you know this program at all, you know that when a Roadhouse trailer drops, we need to discuss it. All right. The original is easily on my top five most rewatched movies of all time. Without question, it is. It it was at the peak of the action era, but also the peak of probably the cocaine era. So yeah. <laughs> I, think I don't even know. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not, I'm not even sure who produced Roadhouse. I don't even. I've never looked it up. I would almost bet anything Don Simpson's involved somehow. Like these, that those guys greenlit all that stuff, and 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 so I, th- this was just one of those times when you were making entertainment where it felt like everyone was loaded up, and you would come in and you would say, "I got an idea," and here's the idea: Ivy League educated bouncer. Wait a second. There's a bouncer circuit. Yeah, there's a circuit, and people know guys who are bouncers all over the country, from New York City to Missouri to California or anywhere in between. And and he's going to come to a small town, and this guy is in this small town. He's really minding his own business. He's got quite the operation, quite honestly. I mean, he's going to bring J.C. Penny to town. Kmart's coming. He did it all. And 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 you're going to. But the problem is, I got a roadhouse, and I want to make a nice establishment, and I need your help. And and they said, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. And they said, well, we got Patrick Swayze. And he said, book it. Let's do it whatever need a monster truck yep terry funk's gonna be in it sure what do you need let's make it ben gazera absolutely he's menacing so it's one of the most i think my two most favorite of that era and they both have kind of certainly have humorous tones to them are roadhouse and commando those are the two that i enjoy the most on a rewatch chops i had you do you did a review of roadhouse you have not done Commando, though, right? I have not done Commando yet. I'll get I'll get to Commando in the off season for football. Okay. I promise. I have it on DVD if you'd like. Okay. Commando? 
Well, we we only have one DVD player, and it's actually up in our bedroom, and I call it the Dawn of the Dead machine because that's the only thing I use it for because Dawn of the Dead is not available on any streaming services, so I have to watch the DVD. You have to get it there. The Commando DVD still has, like, it's cardboard for the most part or whatever. It's one of those ones. Thick paper and, like, the little plastic piece that cups over where you open it. A nice $5 bin. Oh, straight from the 80s. Yeah. Those are just absolute classics. Um, And so I knew that this Roadhouse remake was coming. Um, I was apprehensive when I saw Jake Gyllenhaal in it. They don't make these movies anymore, do they? I mean, Chops, you have a bigger, bigger hand on the pulse than I do in terms of like th- this type of like popcorn action. Kind of, we're in on the joke. Very rarely do we get a guy has an idea. And he gets to make a movie that gets released in theaters. You might be lucky and find one every once in a while on streaming, but it's not going to have the same type of mid-budget behind it. That's the real truth, is they don't do the mid-budget movies for theaters anymore, unless they have to because of... Things. Like that, that Mean Girls musical that just came out, that was yeah. supposed to be for streaming, but... They had a room in the calendar because of the strike. Oh. And they went ahead and released it in theaters instead because they don't give movies. You know, it's either billion dollars to make, you know, a hundred some million dollars to make a billion dollar maker in an Avengers movie or a big action movie or you're on streaming, essentially. I think if, if the, if in, now, I think if, if somebody came with the idea of Roadhouse, other than get the hell out of my office, we're not doing that much cocaine anymore. I think the second thing that they would have said is, could this be a prestige TV series? Yeah, that's probably what would happen. Like is it Tulsa have, King? Yeah, it would have turned. It would have been on Paramount. I mean, this is this would be a Taylor Sheridan like Roadhouse is right from Taylor Sheridan's DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it really fits it. So they're going to do a movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play the role of Dalton. Um, and I had the trailer dropped yesterday, so this is the first we've seen of like, okay, here you go. This is this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. So as opposed to being in Missouri. It's going to be in the Florida Keys, um, and there, it, in the trailer, there are plenty of callbacks to the original that, that were in the trailer. Um, I have to tell you, I know many of you think I'm going to come on here and say, get off my lawn. I'm for it. Let's give it a shot. Let's hope for the best on this thing. I, I'm appreciative that they're trying. Um, it seems like from the trailer that they're going to be in on the joke the way they were at the, in the original Roadhouse. And yes, the original Roadhouse take, took itself absurdly seriously. But let's remember at the end of the movie, when there is after what appears to be like eight hours of complete bloodshed, at the end of the movie, a stuffed bear falls on a human and they all laugh. Like that's how it ends. And there's just death everywhere. There's death everywhere. But the, the, they're in on it. So. From this trailer, to me, it, 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 I think I approve. I'm excited to see it. I, I'm hopeful and optimistic that they made something worthy of the original. Not to spoil it for anybody, but if you have seen Roadhouse, you would know this part. They're definitely setting up Jake Gyllenhaal is going to rip out Conor McGregor's throat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's totally what's going to happen. And I'm not a huge fan of Conor McGregor, but if that's what happens to him in a movie, I might not be bad. able to to handle it. And you're right. It's my big thing though is they're getting really, really, really good at trailers. And so I can't tell if this movie is good, bad, or so bad it's good. Because I'll take good and I'll take so bad it's good. But that middle yeah. one is the is the risk that you are running there. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal must be obsessed with boxing type sports because he's like a ufc fighter in this one he did yeah. southpaw early i think there's another one where he's a boxer he really likes those kind of sports and i think he jumps on any role that allows him to cosplay as a fighter like bulk up yeah a little bit because every other movie he just plays a weirdo yeah for the price of free amazon shipping i will give 90 minutes to this 
Like that's I mean, the like, ask, right? Because yeah, it's Amazon it. Prime. They'll put it in theaters too, right? Or are they just going straight to Amazon Prime? I just I saw I'm, I'm looking at the trailer right now, and it's on our it's Twitter page at nine seven one BFS. Okay. If you'd like to watch it, but it's an Amazon production. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. probably Prime only. I was happy that they still had the cage around the band. That's a quick part in the <laughs> in it, but like that's like just so old. School. Like you would never see that I'd in a bar in modern cage day. Around a bar? Oh, because also, bottles are flying. <laughs> you can watch the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. in its entirety on YouTube for free. Oh, really? There you go. Just giving it away out there. if you're interested. There you go. Um, so I'm optimistic. I, I hope they land the plane on it. I, I hope it feel, felt to me like they're going to try that we're in on the joke thing. And I, I hope that I hope that's what they do because that that would be fun because it's in the Florida Keys. Maybe they go a little bit different. But if you can't do a re, and in real life, I don't want CGI. I want a real life monster truck going through a building. If you can't recreate that, can we get some sort of boat flying out of the water into a yeah. building? I like a I like a boat flying like you know, like hitting a beach and then flying through a building that now we're on to something. I, I like that a lot. Feels like you can um, get both in this. Who's playing Gazera? Who's playing Brad Wesley? Who's the big bad? Uh, I don't know because that's the whole, the, the one of the joys of, of the first one is Brad Wesley. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's as good. I would put Brad Wesley with Hans Gruber as like best bad guys ever. Like they're they're on a very short list. I'm not because sure. They're as unbelievable. They don't have all the names listed for all the characters. Okay. They just have all the actors at, at this I point. Hope they, I guess because that's going to be not critical. Out. That's going to be critical because Connor uh, Connor McGregor's playing like the the heavy, mm-hmm. like the fighter. But remember, he didn't run things. The fighter was he was a soldier for Wesley. Would Wesley have if he had made it <laughs> through the end of Roadhouse and never had met Dalton and and kept oh. running his criminal ring? Would it eventually He's fall Sam apart Walton. for him because the the problem? Well, but he's not Sam Walton. He's bringing those places in, and you mentioned Kmart and J.C. Penney. Yeah. Those aren't doing too hot at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so what's Wesley up to now? Run. I mean, it's eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. Maybe it's even eighty nine. I don't even know. He'd be like ninety now. Yeah, I think he has a good run. I think he's like Wayne Huizinga with uh, with Blockbuster. Like there he you has go. a good run, and he he still has the real estate. He still owns the town. Like he just shifts those JC Pennies right into Amazons. Like. They just make fine. it a fulfillment center. There you yeah. go. He's making oh, yeah. a fulfillment center. Yeah. There's a great uh, trailer that shows like that Dalton was a jerk that was going around the internet a few years ago that basically <laughs> just leave just leave Wesley alone. He was having a great time. Everybody was getting what they wanted out of it. He offered protection for the whole town. The idea that it was shot, that they said it was centered in Missouri and clearly shot like the California hills. <laughs> I mean, like, they just... In those days, they didn't worry nobody about those will, nobody things. Nobody will notice. Nobody will see. Who's really been to Southern California? It doesn't even matter. Uh, Jackets win last night in Calgary. It's fine. Um, I, I love seeing a game in the Saddle Dome, as I mentioned yesterday with Shelly time. Uh, I watched for a little bit. They came out buzzing, certainly. Obviously, Johnny was jacked up to play there every time you know he had the puck it was heavy booze as you would expect that it would be um i thought the most interesting stuff i saw first ohio battery and others this morning reporting that the jackets are taking offers remember trade deadline is coming taking offers on line a Voronkov. well yeah i hope so i mean that's there's no point in in paying people to lose a, a great deal of money so get young guys and get some cap relief and and hope that all of these guys you've drafted and developed can come up together and grow all as one. And look, this is going to be part of, if this is the way they go and they're able to trade line A and they're able to, to, to go with this full-on youth movement, this is what we thought they would do two years ago before they signed Johnny. So maybe maybe now you finally get that true build once. And this is nothing Jacket fans are going to want to hear, but you have to be real patient because it's going to take a while for 19. Look, I mean, think about even... 
like Cole Sillinger, like it was a whole year of struggle out of a rocket, shot out like a rocket in year one, big time struggles, struggled to start this year, and now finally he's rolling. But that's what you're going to have with all of these kids is they're going to have to kind of learn on the job. When you're talking about the trade deadline coming too for the Jackets, I mean, I don't know if it means anything. I don't know if it scores, but Tarasov plays in net in this game. They they get a big win. Who knows what they're going to do with their goalie situation, but that's yeah. obviously been a hot-button issue. Plus, Zach Wierenski returns, he and he leads defenseman, which means he leads the whole team in time on ice. His first game back, 25 yeah. minutes out there, also had an assist. So nice to see Big Z out there, too. And you talk about Lion, it looks like he'll be back on this road trip. So they're through two of five games here. Uh, so it could be tomorrow night in uh, Vancouver or Sunday in Seattle. But important, I think, to get line A through this stretch for the next month out on the ice so you can maximize the return for him. No kidding. Great and that's, that's going to be, I think, a tough ask. Counter to what we've been asking is you let the young guys play, but it's almost like a, you kind of let line A play where he wants. And you need see him to what flourish. happens. Right. You need he's him to flourish. The, the asset. Yeah, so people see, oh, this is what he's capable of. And he still has that in him. Like, if he could go back to to just being on a wing and being a sniper, like, you can be that for a really good team. Now, what's the net? What's the return on that? Who knows? But I agree, Reese, good point. You have to maximize the visibility of him if you are going to put him out there and hope that somebody bites on that. Um, nobody biting on Bill Belichick. The Falcons go in another direction. We'll get into that story coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The sound of Paul Keels calling a Buckeye game is erotic. Oh, yes. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bo knows many people. He talks to the interesting ones on this show. This is Bishop and Friends. Uh, my friends, you're going to gear up that typical sports book. Get out on the betting action with playoff football, basketball, and so much more. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players for the biggest payouts. Try out the new Flex Parlay and cash in on your bets. Even if you miss a leg or two, claim your loose sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now and enter the promo code THEFAN100. Get a $100 bonus bet. Download that Typico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more. I didn't have this coming. I did not have this coming. I To me, like... I, we talked about this earlier in the week. If you're Arthur Blank and you are going to interview Bill Belichick, that's a certain type of coach that you want. Now, I acknowledge that that is a force of nature that is coming in. You are essentially handing over the keys to your franchise to him. He will answer to no one except you, and he won't even answer to you in the beginning. It's going to be a couple of years before you get that authority back. But it felt like this was a roster that was ready. There was a, There's already been a lot of talk about Cousins coming in and playing quarterback under that. The auspice of, of Belichick and the rest of the roster is very, very good. It is a division that is just there, ripe for the taking for anybody that wants it. So I think the combination of all of those things made us feel like, okay, like much like Harbaugh to the Chargers, press play, Belichick to the Falcons, and away you go. The only thing that had me 
gave me some pause with it was, would Belichick go with that type? It's just a different brand. It doesn't feel like Belichick. To me, he feels he's been in the Northeast for so long. To me, he feels like Giants, Philly, even Washington. Like that feels like more of the operation for Belichick more so than Atlanta did. Um, all of the rest of the things, all the rest of the boxes check. Now we started to get reporting out of there last week that there were people in the front office there who were pushing Arthur Blank in another direction. And, and that, and of course that was self-preservation that they were motivated by because the Belichick comes in, many of them would have been blown out. Well, in the end, Blank listened to them and instead they go with Raheem Morris. Now he's most recently been the defensive coordinator with the Rams and, um, and he returns. Um, it is a, a wild thing. He was the interim coach with the Falcons for 11 games in the 2020 season after they fired Dan Quinn. He went four or seven in those gigs, um, and, and was up for the job. The last time around, but instead they hired Arthur Smith. So essentially they went from, they, they were going to go defense either way, but they went with, uh, the young assistant who had been the coach before in an interim basis and they keep Belichick out of the building. There are two parts of this that are interesting. Number one, this is, uh, this, we talked about this the other day in terms of like the D'Amico Ryan's hire of, of the young defensive guy, um, that type of coach. They go that direction as opposed to Belichick. So the Falcons side of this is, okay. Who's going to, if you have that team, you have all, all that offensive firepower. What are you doing at quarterback and who's going to be calling the plays? My guess is he's going to bring somebody from the Rams staff, probably from the McVay tree to come and be the offensive coordinator there. But now you're going to be hiring offensive coordinators for a young quarterback over and over and over again. And then the other side of it is Belichick. Is there a landing spot for him? And I suppose the commanders is still out there. They have infinite money, but it feels like they're going to hire the offensive coordinator for the Lions. So if he misses this window and doesn't coach, it's possible he never coaches again. I mean, he, yeah, obviously he's getting up there in age and he, we thought, oh, he would immediately be, be taken up, but Vrabel still hasn't been taken up by anybody no. and Belichick hasn't. And there's only that commanders one and then the Seahawks one is technically still open as well. It's weird that we were talking about this yesterday about how the, the Falcons have, have not gone this this route to to go for a, a guy who has such a such a long career as a head coach, and then in this, yes, Raheem Morris has head coaching experience, even outside of the interim. He was the uh, Buccaneers coach for a couple yeah. of years, but that's still not the same as hiring. They like kind of split the difference between going with a former coordinator and going with a very situated guy as a head coach, and they went with Raheem Morris. But Belichick would have also technically been a defensive guy, but he's almost just more than that at this point in his career. But we were also talking about that yesterday, how the the defensive hires do seem to be kind of splitting it right now. Right now it's three defensive versus three offensive through six hires. I wonder if the sticking point was you can't shop for your own ingredients. Like, Bill, you can coach, but we're going to bring in another yeah. general manager and try to, at least for Atlanta, maximize the young talent on our roster. It's a great question. And it's Bill possible Belichick went the other way. Just said, no, I'm not interested in Cincinnati. Well, all right. There's yeah. the door, sir. We're going to bring in someone we know in this building who has familiarity with the division, who has familiarity with the city, familiarity with ownership, and will play ball with the rest of us. I also have a theory. Hear me out here. Yeah. This is the long con. Okay. Kevin Stefanski struggles next (laughs) season in Cleveland. And Bill has already had a whiskey or two with one former trucking magnate. Yep. And when Stefanski gets dismissed mid-season, in struts Bill with that Cleveland Brown sweatshirt that failed him two sizes ago. (laughs) 
<laughs> I if they would have fallen on their face this year, I don't because here's the thing in Cleveland: like Stefanski needs a new contract, Barry needs a new contract. They're both in the last year of their original deals, both so. deserving and in both, this Browns fans' opinion. Yeah, and I think I mean I do think Stefanski's going to win Coach of the Year, so I think he's going to be a two-time Coach of the Year guy. But if they would have fallen on their face this year, do I think that they would have? pulled out all the stops to to land Belichick. I mean, they may even have been in on Harbaugh. Like the, Haslam was interested in him years ago uh, when they almost hired him when, um, boy, that would have been probably when they hired maybe Chud at that time, or it could have been when they hired, might have been when they hired, oh my gosh, who's the defensive coordinator with the Ravens they hired for a little bit? Mike. Pettin? Pettin, Pettin. It could have been one of the, it was Pettin. It was Pettin. In fact. Have there been yes, a lot of Browns coaches? <laughs> Good Lord. It was it was Pettin because Joe Banner recently talked about that, about how they had Mike Pettin in the building. And at, as they had him in the building, they like threw a Hail Mary to get Harbaugh. So that that was that would have been that higher at that time. So, yeah, I think if Stefanski would have fallen on his face, they would have gone that way. The, the thing with Belichick is how long boy. And when you're this age, he's 70. Right. Like if he misses this window, is he? Is he somebody who's engaged in the next window, or does he just? Or do you just call it a? He'll be seventy-two in April. Holy cow! So, yeah, I mean, seventy-two. You're getting there, and the only one left in the that's out there that I could see him entertaining would be Washington. Um, you know, but does does Josh Harrison those guys like they have a very calculated? I mean, they they hired the GM, the assistant GM from San Francisco. It feels like they're hiring the Lions offensive coordinator there. They're going to go young quarterback with the number two overall pick, probably Drake May, and and they're going to go that way. Like Belichick has shown what happened with him and a young quarterback with, with Mac Jones. So like, would you want all of his influence on it? And I think the other thing about it is, and I think it's very possible it went the way you guys talked about with Blank, where it's like, if you're Arthur Blank and you, it's all yours, like you don't really want do you want somebody in there who's such a force of nature? He's never hired a coach like that. No. You think about Arthur Blank's coaching hires, they're all assistants. There's none of them. I mean, it's it's Quinn, it's Arthur Smith, it's um Dan, I can't remember that. It was it Mike White? Was that his name? There's a who's the guy before Dan Quinn, but it's it typically it, you know, even Jim Moore Jr. years ago. Like it's typically the assistant guy, the he's ascending the, guy. They Morris try to hire. is the first former NFL head coach to be hired by Blank. Yeah, he's oh, never done go. it. There you go. There you go. So he's never done that before. So commanders, though, as you bring that up for Belichick, I think would be hilarious because the commanders have the number two pick and the Patriots won just a little bit too much down the stretch and ended up yeah. with number three. I think that would just be a fun little storyline to throw in there. But the problem is, I don't know if I trust Bill Belichick using the number two overall pick. Yeah. And I, the, like the question, like that general manager who took that job, like he's going to want all of the set, like you don't take that job to answer to somebody else. So like their infrastructure was they hired the general manager first. It's hard for me to imagine Belichick swooping in underneath that. But that's it. He's not going to Seattle to follow Pete Carroll. I mean, that doesn't feel logical in any way, shape, or form. In no way. So the only one that's out there is that. So it's, it's very likely he'll miss this window. It's pretty crazy three weeks later to be in this spot where, yeah, it does not feel like Belichick is going to get hired Mm-mm. by anybody. And we thought, oh, immediately somebody would, would hire him. But we said the same thing about Vrabel. We Said the yeah. same thing about Tomlin when those rumors were going. Maybe it's not as easy to just scoop up those guys and go with those guys right away. Maybe people don't want all that. Well, you're hiring. It's it's a totally different hiring process, right? You're hiring, um, you know, like a face of the franchise versus, you know, the type of coaches that have been hired recently. 
like all of those Shanahan tree coaches. Those guys aren't face of the franchise guys. Like who the Panthers hired, the yeah, Bucks offense coordinator? Yeah. Sure, that guy. I don't know. Who, that guy's nameless, faceless. Like he'll have that job. You can run him in two years. It's no big deal. Like that's that's the other part of it that that's out there. And they're all. And what's interesting is if you think like Kyle's in the in the NFC Championship game. Dan Campbell, uh, former tight end, so he's former player. Got his first gig, special teams guy. Did all of that. Um, Jim John Harbaugh, special teams coordinator, when he got the job at the Ravens, and then Andy Reid. So those are the four that are in it, um, and and you're all trying to emulate what those teams have done. Speaking of those teams, we'll get you set for championship weekend coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets Hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports desk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Watch up. What's up, man? you. All right, here's what's up. On a Friday edition of the program, NFC AFC Championship Weekend. It's it's. I'm a man. I'm 40, and the when I think Championship Weekend, I just think of for for whatever reason the Niners and Cowboys is what I think of. And the Niners have been here over and over and over again through many incarnations, way back the Joe Montana years, and then through Steve Young, um, and now they've had this renaissance. They did it with Harbaugh when he was there with uh, Kaepernick, and now they're back and they and they're back in this thing again with Kyle Shanahan. Um, it, I do think of the of the operations. You want the, the pressure to me. It's San Francisco and Baltimore that have the most. Um, although both of them feel very sustainable, it doesn't feel like a Bills situation. But uh, both of those operations, it feels like they you you've been knocking on this door for a while. The the Niners operation is one that has been right there. They they have not had to play had to pay Purdy. Eventually, they will have to do so, and that that's going to change the structure um, of their operation. So let's start in the NFC. So this will be the late game. This is six thirty game Sunday on Fox. Love the kick time for this. Our friends at Tipico have this at seven yesterday. Is that still where it is on the on the number? Um, it was seven yesterday when we picked it. Yeah, Niners specifically from Tipico, we've got ooh up to seven, seven and, and a half. half for the Niners. Okay. And up to four for the Ravens. Four. Well, we got it at seven and three. Seven and three and a half. Three and a half. So, yeah. yeah. That's uh we'll take boy, that's so that's Tip. a lot. That's We're coming locked. in a lot on the on the Niners to cover and the and the Ravens. So that's that's the way that that thing works. In terms of the 49ers, the the home crowd will be a part of it. it I don't I've never heard anybody talk about that crowd as like some sort of intimidating crowd. There's a time it was that at at Candlestick. I think it's more of a a situation where you don't have to play in Detroit. Kyle Shanahan was asked this week about playing at home and the impact it could have. We don't call him the 12th man here. Um <laughs> But our crowd's very important. Our crowd is our crowd. I think is the best in football. They travel extremely well. They don't have to travel this week. I hear the Lions fans travel pretty well. Um, I mean, we love having home field advantage. Our defense more than anything. Our players coming out of the tunnel. Um, we want to win it here. It's it's a huge deal. It affects everybody, and I think always in sports. I mean, everyone likes playing at home, but in football, uh, when it's loud, that truly is an advantage. I mean, that truly messes up what one side of the ball can do um, on the other team and that's why it's very important that we're loud. 
the uh, the challenge on the other side will fall at the feet of Jared Goff, who's been spectacular, and it'll be. I think there's gonna, you're going to see points in this one. Both teams are going to score. Uh, the question is, can the Lions score enough? And for Dan Campbell in his first NFC Championship game, he does does walk into it with a quarterback who has certainly been in this spot before. I think it does help uh, the quarterback position to understand what what you're in. Um, you know, the stakes go up, and uh, you know to. To be able to have have been here before, I think is big. He's played plenty of football. Um, he's been in uh, plenty of big games, uh, different atmospheres. He's played at this place before. So yeah, that look that only helps. Before this season, how far yeah. would you have to go back to say that the Lions as a whole have more playoff experience than Jared Goff singularly? <laughs> Like they played like one. Him. Didn't they play like one with Stafford and Megatron, and they lost? Uh, if you go way back, they did get to an NFC Championship game where they lost to Washington in the early '90s. I want to say Eric Kramer was the quarterback with Barry Spiels was on that team. Jerry Ball. That was that. that yeah, you're but, talking 25, 30 years ago. You got to go thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the, the, this. They made the playoffs the once or twice with Stafford. And it was one and done, mm-hmm. um, and and never anything beyond it. So yeah, it's a great point. Like Goff alone, I, I think you know we we've talked so much about Campbell and and all of that, but like the Goff Renaissance that's happened here is a pretty remarkable thing. I mean, when he was traded, when the Lions acquired him in the Stafford deal, there were plenty of people who thought he would kind of be a a steward to a tank. Uh, absolutely. Like he would do it for a couple of years and they would potentially draft a quarterback and build it that way. There wasn't anybody that thought he would be like the long-term solution at quarterback for the Lions. And then he just went out and played well. They went 3 and 13 year 1 and he just got better and better and he's one of those guys that like he gets lumped in with some of those other failures. This dude played in a Super Bowl. I mean, he's been part of a, he's put up some monster numbers like he is a really good quarterback. Is he at the top end of it? No, but in the NFC, when you don't have to play Mahomes and Allen and Lamar and Burrow and all those guys all the time, he's plenty good. And he's, and he's done yeah, it before. Like you said, he's not Josh Rosen. That's not the case. That's not oh, what God, happened no. with Goff. It was he's just, not even Baker. He's not Wentz. He's not Jameis. He's not any of those guys. He's probably more closely aligned with like Trevor Lawrence. McVay just wanted to upgrade at quarterback, and Stafford is an upgrade at quarterback. He is a more yes, talented quarterback. They want it. Jared Goff has done a really good job. They've established this run game. They've put some pieces around him. Their defense is really good, yeah. and that whole Dan Campbell personality has really infiltrated this team, and so it's like kind of the last vestige of a successful He's a, he's better than this, but more so than you know the especially the guys you're looking at in the AFC. He's more so of that like quarterback manager type position a little bit than we've seen go in the NFL. That, that it has been more that it is going to have to be the top elite guy. Whereas Jared Goff's probably more like a I don't know nine to fifteen range quarterback. Yeah. What's funny because Detroit Lions fans have been asking all season between each other like should we extend Goff or yeah just let him go? I think he's on the second. To, I think he's. Next year is the last year of his deal that he signed with the Rams. And it's like, do you pay him yes. as the quarterback that took you to the Super Bowl? I, I think so. But yeah. boy, it'll be, again, there'll be a bevy He's of a- interesting questions asked after this weekend of the losing teams. But that for Detroit's a big one. He's like a more clutch Kirk Cousins. And that's plenty good. Yeah, that'll do it. That's plenty good. Um, that's all you, that's in the NFC. 
when you don't, you're not, it's not that snake pit and in the, in the AFC it is. And, um, all of the pressure, obviously to me, it's, it's not even close on the Ravens by a thousand percent. They've been great for a month. Uh, they were great last weekend, slow start. Um, the Chiefs, it's all house money. This is six straight AFC championship game for them. They've already won two Super Bowls. They've played in a bunch of them. Um, Andy Reid, though, talking about the quarterback on the other side and, and Lamar and all of the challenges he possesses. I always had a ton of respect for him from the time he got in the league on. He's playing good football. He's been doing it all year and has just carried it into the playoffs. Yeah. The league is lucky to have these young quarterbacks that are they're so good, talented. They've got a good team around him, and he's good. And so you, you figured somewhere we were going to be playing him once or twice. Yeah, the Chiefs have played about everybody. They've they've dealt with Allen, they've dealt with Burrow, and now they get the chance to take on Lamar Jackson. John Harbaugh on the other side with the big challenge. They're at home, and the question is, what do you do with the unicorn on the other side with Mahomes? Here's Harbaugh on that. Just very happy for him, proud of him, excited for him, excited for his family. I heard my, my mom and dad told me that he called back in the evening and he found out this that sounds like it's about Katie, I think that's yeah. a Jim Harbaugh. Katie had their bags packed already. They're ready to that go. It feels like a so Jim Harbaugh. Too. So it's going to be great. He's well-deserved. And uh, I'll say this, the Chargers just got themselves one great coach. I see what <laughs> happened. Not, that is 45819, which is also ah. a John Harbaugh. We wanted 45619. Six, one, there so there we go. Pretty hard to pick one. One of the biggest challenge versus Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think it's the whole package. Everything he does, he's a, he's a playmaker. Uh, he runs that offense. He is the center of the offense in every way, makes all the calls, uh, organizes them, uh, creates, obviously plays. He's, uh, he's, he's a big challenge. The, this one will, to me, this one feels like who has it last. I don't, I don't think anyone runs away from anybody in the AFC. It just feels like who's got it last. Yeah, that's the the way I I thought. I think the Ravens are going to win, but that number would have been nice. If we picked it today because it would have been uh, Chiefs plus four. But either way, I think that it's going to be somewhere in that range. If the Chiefs win, then you're fine. If you know, I think we all yeah. three picked the the Chiefs plus yesterday. But yeah, that's what I think is going to happen because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is ever. I mean, what would they have to be down to start a fourth quarter for him to feel like we don't have a shot? Twenty one. Yeah, it's three touchdowns. Yeah, because 14, maybe even 17. He's like, no, we can go out there and, and get yeah, this they'll, done. They'll keep swinging. They'll keep swinging. And, the you know, yeah, I think so. I think it's it would have to be like a three-score situation where they're like, oh, yeah. But, and they're, they're not getting run. The Chiefs are not going to get run. There's just no way. Like, the way they've been playing since that. We had Adam Teicher on earlier this week, and we talked about that Raiders loss. And uh, that was like a catalyst for what's happened since. Um, they got Rice going. He had 12 targets last week. They got Kelsey's rolling right now he had 10 last week they can run it with pacheco no i i think that that you're gonna get that feels like a classic if you had to if somebody said you can only watch one i'm gonna obviously be locked into both but if you could only watch one i'd watch the the afc one that that, that feels like almost like a super bowl you think taylor's gonna be there yeah <laughs> i would assume mark andrews is playing so that'll help that's a big one i mean to be seen just how effective he's gonna be but that'll be big for the ravens to have him back because Boy, they look good in the second half last week. If Mark Andrews plays well and the Ravens win, does Taylor have to then start dating their tight end and move over to Mark Andrews instead? How about, how about the story that, that, that Jason Kelsey running around like a naked bison in the stadium, jumping into the stands, was the first time he ever met her? That's amazing. It's a hell of an introduction. What an impression. I mean, that is, that is coming in. That's throwing 99 on the chin. First pitch. That's bringing it, man. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Prime could be in some trouble with the NCAA. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. 
So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. And we are, of course, brought to you by our good friends at Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medication. Solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I saw this this morning, and this is like the third instance of this. So we've seen it um, with Florida, with Jaden Rashada. We've seen it with Florida State as well. And now Colorado, although this one is a self-report, Colorado self-reported numerous incidents, shocking, numerous NCAA violations. Um, I don't even know what makes an NCAA violation anymore. And ever since they handed the trophy to Bill Self, I don't understand how you could take anything they do seriously. I don't know why you would self-report anything. I don't know why you would do any of it. They do it because they're worried that if it gets uncovered by the NCAA at some point that it could be because they didn't self-report it, that it would be something that would then get into a level two violation because all of these are smaller level three violations. That goes back to the, that was the thinking back in the uh, uh, Trestle era, Yeah, right? When Trestle got in trouble, it was like, please, please, sir, no more. Look, we're sorry. We grieve. We're please no more punishment. We'll we'll take it. We'll take bowl games away. We'll fire the coach. Please, sir, don't don't hit us with a huge penalty. Um, but then it all changed. Carolina basketball, Miami football, Kansas basketball. It was like actually prove it. Good luck. Prove it. Um, so Colorado is going on the. They're going with the old way, which is here's all the things we do. These are all minor. It's eleven minor violations. Most of them center around social media use for Coach Prime, where like he will have in one instance he has like a recruit in a live stream of an Instagram thing, and apparently you can't do that. So he was doing a live reaction to a recruit verbally committing, and the recruit shows up in like the background of the video, and coaches, you know, still aren't supposed to acknowledge or talk about players. Like that's another thing. Like, can we just get rid of that rule? Can't player? Can't coaches be asked about recruits? Like, isn't recruiting world open wide enough now that the players put out graphics? Sometimes from the school, you can tell that they're the professional made ones from the school, and so okay, we know that they have a relationship and there's something going on. Yeah, maybe it would enhance recruiting, but so does everything else that a coach does. Like, I don't know why every other coach would also then have the opportunity to talk about a recruit. I think it's an old rule that we could probably get rid of now. Why do I feel like this is all a ploy for us to talk about Prime and Deion Sanders? Like, he just did this so he knew, right? Yeah, that's true. He just did this so you knew it would pop up on the front page of ESPN.com, and he said, well, Wait a minute, you know, Florida, Florida State are getting some love. I mean, because he's a no publicity is bad publicity. For sure. So this is him being talked about by everyone across the country because he is still, if not the most interesting story in college football, one of. It also sounds like he doesn't have like the most up-to-date recruiting director because, you know, that's the person who takes along anybody who's visiting on all this stuff. And multiple times, at least twice, they were hit for game day simulation violations, which is apparently you're not allowed to like let them in the locker room for pregame speeches if they're an unofficial visit or unofficial or official. They can't run out with onto the field with the team at the beginning of the game and two guys 
did that. So it's just learning the rule book at the same time as well. Yeah, I think the it's 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 probably all of those things. I I do think that his I am curious to see if he can actually win next year. Remember, they didn't recruit. Wasn't it one kid in their signing class? They had the one five star offensive lineman. That was it. Everybody else. Everybody else portal. was portal. Yeah, everybody else was portal. Uh, they went they went huge into the portal again. They didn't win the portal the way the Buckeyes won the portal or the way that Ole Miss won the portal. Uh, it was nothing like that. Uh, that type of like dominant portaling. They were very busy in it and they filled the roster with it. But you know, next year will be the last year for Travis Hunter because he'll be draft eligible after it. It'll be the last year for Shadur Sanders, his son. So those this 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 could be a two and done situation at Colorado because they're in no world is what he's doing there sustainable. I don't care how much charisma he has. They signed it's a six tough place guys to to. so far this year. In the early signing period, they signed six guys. Yeah. And they'll probably so, do a lot of shopping in the spring. Did they end up getting that kid, the the tackle? Yeah. Uh, well, it says interior O-line, but Jordan Seaton is a five-star offensive lineman who okay, signed so with they, them. Yeah. So they did get that. Um, yeah. This is, it's just not sustainable. To, to try and to win this way, consist, you can't build a program this way with complete roster turnover, 30 guys in the portal every year and no recruiting classes. It's, there's no way you can do it. So you could see this as like a two year and then I'm out. But the question, the, the amount of pressure on him, and this is something we're going to get into at 10 o'clock when we do like the Big Ten pressure cooker and the coaches, there's a lot of them that face a ton of heat going into next season for, for myriad reasons. But he's got to win next year because it's this, He's got no quarterback after that. He's got, and by the last year, he fired the offensive coordinator like in the middle of the season to get Pat Shermer calling plays. Like, and by the way, Shadur offense was not the problem. And it won't, you know, they won't have the chance to be cute this year with wins over TCU. They beat Nebraska uh-huh. last year. They still have Nebraska again. They're at Nebraska this year, but their out of conference does not have that same. It's North Dakota State, which is, you know, a big name from the FCS, but it's not going to really impress anybody that much to beat them. Then it's at Nebraska. It's at Colorado State, which they played a really tight game. And then remember, yeah. they're in the Big 12. And I, I, do you do care? Do you have their schedule up? Yeah, I've got it here. Give it so, to me. Go ahead. So after those three to open the season out of conference, it's at Arizona who's also in the Big 12, Utah, who's also in the Big 12, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Cincinnati, at Kansas, at Texas Tech, at UCF. So they end on three straight road games, would have that, is that six straight home games in the middle there? What an odd schedule. Five straight home games in the middle, yeah. You got reminded of that, you know, we talked last summer about all of the conference realignment, but the ACC dropped their schedule, and I was buddies of mine were tweeting out the Florida State schedule, like at SMU. Cal in Tallahassee, and it's like, oh yeah, all of that happened. Like you, Cal Berkeley is going to play, you know, in Tallahassee. It makes no sense at all. And that's the problem um, with the realignment just, outside of the SEC and the Big Ten is like, I don't care about Cal playing Florida State at all. No. It's not. I'm not going to turn that on. But Washington no. playing Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, those, yeah, yeah I'm in for Texas playing Alabama again, Oklahoma yeah. playing Georgia, that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, you just did the, the Big 12 one, Reese, and that's just brutal. Yeah, it's like, garbage. Yeah, there, there's no interest. And just back to Dion real quick. He's treating it like an NFL roster. He where he's not interested in necessarily recruiting a 15-person class of three, four, and five stars. It's get a couple guys, incredible talent, either as high school recruits or as first-year portal persons, mm-hmm. and then just get the best free agents in the transfer portal and then flip the roster year in and year out because the Big 12's a 
you know, at least this year looks to be much more winnable for him. Like they can go quietly into the college football playoff. Yeah, he need, probably needs nine wins at least. To Seems do, to easy considering the schedule chops just read. Last year they had no program depth though. Like yeah, that's the once they had an injury, injury started was, to happen. They were they're cooked. like an NFL team, like you said, but also everybody's on a one to two year contract. <laughs> if yeah. that, so the the question will be if if he goes if, if next year he goes something like seven and five or eight and four, which I think would be. I'm curious what the what the futures will be on them when those finally drop. But like once that happens, it is there another program that has an interest in him doing that? Because I feel like. He would love to me. He feels like he'd love to get to the NFL, so he doesn't have to deal with all this stuff, and he can still do all the stuff that he wants. Um, but does a program in the South bite if he if he gets seven and five, eight and four? That will be because four and eight last year with just the one win in yeah, conference. It's, it's hard to imagine. Um, so there there will be some pressure on him out there, not from the Colorado perspective, but I think self pressure in the Big Ten. Pick a program. There's a lot to go around. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. An encyclopedic knowledge of sports and other random things you may or may not care about. I think I found my mentor. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to three. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, second hour here on a Friday. Tim May coming up at 1033. Doug Maurice, 1133. Weekend Blitz coming at 11 o'clock. Um, I was thinking, of, it feels like a formality shrum war, right? Like it'll happen today, tomorrow, something like that. It, it feels like kind of a formality that they'll get him hired at Michigan. Um, the window is open right now on the Michigan roster. But as we talked about earlier this week, because of the academic calendar, there's really not fear that there's going to be any purging of that roster, at least not now. It could happen in the spring. Uh, but but right now it looks like they'll be able to keep it together. And, and he's going to get a chance to audition in spring football for those players. Um what what got me thinking with that was the notion of, and they know better than anybody, that if you miss on this, it can fall off a cliff very, very quickly. That's a tricky job up there right now. You're following a guy who just had a magical three-year run. You are f- trying to go back at a national championship level, all while having a mass exodus in terms of the players who just left the program because they ran out of eligibility. Um, and in addition to that, you're going to be staring down some sort of NCAA, NCAA violations. Who knows how much teeth they will have, but you're going to have them because there's four of them ongoing at the moment. Um, so something will happen on that side, whether that's recruiting or whether that's scholarship production, something like that is going to happen on that side. You got to collective, you got to get organized. And with all of that to be said, I think he's kind of pressure-free in year one. I think Michigan right now is so fat and happy that that as long as he keeps it floating, I think they're so bull, they're so bullish on him, and in large part because of the way he handled when he filled in for Harbaugh this year, the way he handled that the, the Penn State press. I think they loved him on the field saying what he said and the emotion that he showed, and it feels like he's kind of got the heartbeat of the operation. So I, I think he's pretty pressure-free going into next year. Now, the year after, 
how he does in recruiting, well, then it can stack pretty quickly. And I don't think if he falters on those fronts, if he can't recruit it at a high level, if he can't have player retention, if he can't get it done in the portal, in no way do I think that they're going to ride it out for four or five years. I, I think it'll be a quick hook. You'll know right away. You're going to know next year's recruiting class. You're going to know next year portal. You're going to know right away if he can keep up to the level that Harbaugh got it to. But I don't think he's got any pressure this year. Do you think uh, if next November Ohio State gets back on top and beats Michigan, do you think Ryan Day will make a born on third base joke about Sharon Moore? Because hey, it came the other direction, but I don't think it would be worth it. But I think it's no, funny. I've seen not. that thrown out there. By I think a few we've, people. we missed the chance at retribution. Yes, now it's now it's just go it's out just there different. and win. It's it, yeah. the, and that's the the thing when you're talking about kind of like that honeymoon phase for Michigan. I think they'll they'll be in that, but then after next year, that's when it gets really tough because the expectation no longer can just be well. Let's go get one against Ohio State. Let's get back to winning that game. Well, they already did that the last three years. They already well. Let's go win a Big Ten. We well, already did that the last three years. Now it's. Let's go and be a real competitor in the playoff. They'll probably be in the playoff a lot because it's expanding to 12 teams, but are they a real threat to win the national championship? Because we'll see that line drawn in this 12-team era that that there's going to be the serious teams and the unserious teams that get their shot, but they're probably not going to win it because... For me, I, I think next year, like nine and three would be good enough. It's hard for me to see them going better than 10 and two with the schedule they have. You know, they've I got, eight, I think eight and four is fine. They've got Texas, USC, Texas, at USC. Washington, it's Oregon, crazy. and at OSU. Yeah, that's five games. Will they be favored in any of those? Maybe USC, maybe Washington, maybe USC, maybe. But yeah, they but would be, not going to be favored right now. The they'd be, they'd for sure be underdogs against Texas, Oregon, and OSU. Texas, Oregon, and OSU are going to be top five teams in the country. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he can go eight and four even. I think it's honeymoon phase for them. The pressure for him will come in recruiting. Yeah. It will come in the portal the next year. But then, what? So, will, yeah, what will be the benchmarks the the years after that that will keep him in the job? Yeah, so I think he will. He's going to be pretty comfortable next year, unless unless it just were to fall off a cliff. I mean, like three and nine. There's the chance if they get killed in. by the if they get crushed by the NCAA, then it becomes mm-hmm. maybe a two year wait and see type thing. Like you have next year's the buffer, but if they lose a ton of scholarships, I agree. In following seasons, yeah. Like if they lose half their scholarship allotment over the span of two years, then I think you give them a little bit more time because, and Ward Man, you would think would be smart enough to know that no coach is taking that job with that kind of a, a an ankle. It's a good weight. point. It's a good point. I, I think they'll know with, with how he recruits because that's really it. Like, how does he do in the portal, and how does he recruit? Um, that those will be the benchmarks. I, the wins losses next year, are, are, I think, are honestly borderline irrelevant for them. It's they're so fat and happy after what after what happened. They it's, it doesn't. It's all house money for them. If you do the pressure cooker, you look around the Big Ten. There is pressure in various places, and in some cases, specifically here, there is a ton of it. Ryan Day obviously has the most pressure of anyone in the Big Ten. I think second is 800th. I don't know that there's anybody in the same vicinity. Does anybody in the country have as much pressure? No. No. Yeah, I don't don't think so. I mean, obviously, Kirby Smart still got it all in the bank. He's got two titles. Dan Lanning's a second, but there's a chasm between Day and Lanning. I just don't. I think the difference, though, is like at Oregon, they're like just so happy to be at the dance. I don't think they worry about being homecoming queen. Norvell righted the ship last Mm -hmm. year down at Florida State, so I think they're happy with him now. There's fireable guys. Yeah, I mean, like like Cristobal down in Miami, that kind of stuff. Cristobal or the guy at Florida, like there's places where they where they'll run you for sure. But in terms of like, boy, 
don't mess this up. There's no question that Coach Day is that Ryan's at the top of that list. It, it's and I agree. I don't think there's anybody in the country who's got the second most pressure in the Big Ten on them for next season. Reese already threw out Dan Lanning. I, possibly. I think it is just because he's got to come in and make a statement. I think uh, 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 comparative to everybody else in the conference, because you look the at case. the two Michigan schools, nothing. James Franklin, it feels like Penn State's just happy to be there. Washington's mm-hmm. got a, a new head coach. Nebraska's got year two of Matt Rule. Similarly in Wisconsin. I think Fickle actually has a lot of pressure. Fix, fix, Fickle's my number one. I'm gonna, I'd make the case for Luke Fickle. I think Luke Fickle is, has the second most pressure of anyone in the Big Ten. Because he's not one of theirs. He's trying to do something pretty radical from what they... From the outside looking in, and honestly, even from a program standpoint, radical from what they've been. They have a, they had a very strict identity. It's not exactly what happened when Nebraska went from Solich to, was it Bill Callahan at that time? And they brought in the West Coast offense at Nebraska. It's not quite that drastic. They're still trying to run it, but it's pretty drastic. Is it Michigan to Rich Rod? Maybe. Might be that. Might, might have that type of thing to it. Um, and if, if he, he, I was so shocked. I know you had it, Chops. I, I just thought that his, uh, the, their schedule, the weakness of the West, that he would be able to take full advantage in year one. I didn't think they'd be gangbusters or anything like that, but I did think they'd win the West, and he fell flat on his face. And and I do think that there is a tremendous amount of pressure because you know the Wisconsin job, it's a very specific job, and their path through the West is now over. Like that's all done. So can they be a playoff team consistently? They're not, they don't seem anywhere near that next year. So I, I think Vic probably, for me, he has the second most amount of pressure. Do I think they'll run him next year no matter what? No, but I do think they could run him after the next year if he falls on his face again. I, I think he's, for me, he's number two. He ends up seven and six with a loss to LSU in their bowl game, a game that they led pretty much the entire game and gave yeah. it up in the fourth quarter and yeah it was it was definitely a disappointing season for them and i think if you have a similar year next year that the murmurs will start to happen that like oh did we make a mistake bringing in luke fickle was this not the right choice for wisconsin so yeah i think he's of all the west teams for sure i think he's the one that has the most pressure because that's not that's worse than what wisconsin was before they moved off of chris to try to get up to that and there's not a ton that happened last year that says okay this is going to work out now maybe with a year two he he does figure it out and they they play a lot better next year but the big 10 isn't getting any easier and so that was their last shot to have a really really direct path to the big 10 title game and play in that type of environment and now that becomes twice three times as hard i don't know how you quantify it but it's a lot harder than winning the west to be one of the two best teams in the big 10 now and that's something wisconsin did a lot they did it they won the west more than anybody in the years that it was around oh yeah you think about like when is the next time one of those big 10 west teams plays for a conference championship like iowa next year to me feels like the most possible if the offense Um, figures something out yeah i haven't looked at their schedule in terms of do they play all the or they play oregon do they play usc like I don't know what that all looks like in terms of what what it looks like for Iowa, but but they to me seem like next year. I think they're obviously. I think I had them six or what? Did I have them four or five in my power poll yesterday. Yeah, it's um, it, the problem is there. It's going to be really tough right there in the middle. They've got they've got a bye week, but the first week of October and the second week of October are at Ohio State and then hosting Washington. Win one of those, and you're in a whole different story. But I don't think they're going to win one of be, them. 
Yeah, they could be favored against Washington. Latter um, half of the season isn't as bad. It's you got an at UCLA in there, but they still play Wisconsin. They still play Nebraska. No Michigan or Penn State on the schedule. And they don't play USC or Oregon. Mm-mm. Okay, so then that th- next year for them, it feels like most possible. I think the third most pressure in this league is actually on Lincoln Riley at USC. Like year three, all right, you get a Heisman Trophy winner, you fall flat on your face last year. Um, the other thing with pressure is it, it also depends on the constituency, right? Like, what is the demand? What is the expectation, right? If, if Ryan Day had done everything he has done the last few years and he had done it at Oregon or US, you know, those type of places, you'd be happy. You're not thrilled about the losses in the rivalry game, but my God, you're in the playoff. You're knocking on the door, all of those things, Heisman finalists. But around here, the expectation is different. And I think Riley, if he's not going to be run after next year, they invested way too much in him and he plays a style of play that, that fits. But if he falls on his face in year one of the Big Ten, do the vultures start circling a little bit out at Southern Cal? Well, when we talk about like, you know, Rothman's word, the humanalytics. Like, I wonder like what that starts to do to Lincoln Riley was like this wonderkin and could have, you know, name your job, anything you want. If they have another bad year and his name loses that luster, does he lose whatever kind of specialness he has? That, that can happen. Sometimes coaches come up and you think, oh, this guy's going to be the next great. And then they're not. Do you think that Lincoln, whatever happens next year at USC, could just find himself as an OC in the NFL? Like they would be thrilled to have him. Like he, if he if he falls on his face in Southern Cal, it's and you're not going to get a head coaching gig, but he'd still be respected as a play caller in the professional circle. Yeah, I think he could if he has. A, I mean, I like think he could. Cliff probably Kingsbury's wanna... probably going somewhere this offseason. Oh, sure, and I think. I think Lincoln could be a head coach in the NFL still. Like, I still think his reputation is really good. I, I, he's Especially not if Eberflus doesn't work out and they do yeah. take Williams, maybe that, reunite yeah, he, them in Chicago. He, he could land in Chicago if that doesn't work out pretty quickly. Um, even if he were to be kind of, if, if they were have a, a middling year, if they were to go nine and three, eight and four, I think they would still, I think he still would have a pretty good reputation on that front. The reason I don't think landing is because he just turned down Bama. So that gets you, a, and they got, a, they've landed in recruiting and everything like, they're they're pretty flying high right now. I think he's in a in a pretty good spot. I do like your point on Franklin though, Reese, and I agree. I think it's complete apathy at Penn State. I think they're just like they're cool with it. We are Penn State, and that's just okay. That's fine. That's fine. I mean that it doesn't. It feels like it does not matter as long as they just make the college football playoff. They'll still fill the Beaver Stadium Tunnel Club. That's yeah, all it feels care. like yeah. It. Their goal has turned yeah. into what will now be the twelve team playoff. Will now be this. It's make a New Year's Six bowl every other year. That's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah, they don't. It, they don't have. There is no pressure with that job. Um, and I think they're so fearful because of what's happened at other places where you don't hire the right coach and it falls off a cliff. Um, I think they're really going to struggle in in this in this Big Ten. I know they're thrilled because they want to have to play Ohio State and Michigan every year in the future. Um, and maybe there's some wins there for that, but it's you don't see it. You don't see it in recruiting. You don't see it in the portal, especially. Like I saw the video of, of Julian Fleming, who who's a fine player and was a great Buckeye when he's here, not in terms of on the field, but just the way that he carried himself. And like there, he was their big portal get, and he's doing he's like, like local car ads, driving trucks onto cars. Yeah, he's like in Roadhouse. Like so, I I don't know what the that's like as good as it got. So meantime. The, the team that probably is your biggest rival in the conference had the offseason Ohio State had. You're like, these two things are not similar. Do Also, does Penn State, do they take like this position where almost do they want to hide that the divisions are gone? Because, yes, that means that they don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan guaranteed every single year. But they also don't have the coverage of that, that 
Penn State's only lost to Ohio State yeah. and Michigan the last two years, and that's why they, they just can't quite get over that hump. But they're still the third best team in the Big Ten. Once it's no divisions and you can actually really see the standings, they might not get that same type of protection and the same type of verbiage used around their team. It's a good point, but it's there's so. I just think they're just apathy at this point. It's kind of where they are. Uh, a pretty stunning report on former Louisiana State uh, wide receiver Kayshawn Butte. This is pretty heavy. We'll get into that coming up next. Go, go around college football. Bishop and friends right here on The Fan. We're known for three things. Games, conversation, and common man yelling about things only he cares about. The Fan, Ohio sports desk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. My friends want you to gear up with the Tipico Sportsbook. Get in on the betting action with the playoff football, the hockey, the hoops, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boosts on your favorite teams, players. Biggest payout certainly going to happen there. Try out that new flex parlay. Cash in on your bets even if you miss a leg or two. Claim the new sign-up bonus. You do it right now. You get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus bet. Download the Typico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older. Physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. This is a wild story. New England Patriots wide receiver Kayshawn Butte, former LSU receiver. He was arrested Thursday in Baton Rouge over allegations of illegal sports betting while he played at LSU. And you say, well, Bo, okay, all right, so you made a few bets. Oh, no. No, no, no. He didn't make a few bets, kids. He made 8,900 bets. Nearly 9,000 bets. Um, in 13 Louisiana, months. It's crazy. Louisiana State Police said the charges against Butte include a felony count of computer fraud, misdemeanor count of gambling prohibited for persons under 21. The investigation is ongoing. Um, the alias account believed to be used by Butte placed more than 8,900 wagers in a little more than a year. 17 bets on NCAA football, including at least six involving LSU football, according to police. Multiple sources reporting uh, Wisconsin. Oh, well, I'll, get that, that nothing, I'll get to that in just a second as we go around football that's the full stop on the lsu when i did a ron burgundy there for the kids um, <laughs> just kept reading the television just kept reading it yeah because we had the, the bullet points in there the boot this is wild first of all that is just a stunning amount of wagers to wrap your head around nearly nine thousand wagers in a little over a year that's being busy well that's where where i'm at with it because somebody did the math on that it's not too hard to do it over 13 months but that's 685 bets a month and 200 or 23 bets a day which is essentially a bet an hour. I mean, you know, because obviously you're sleeping for more than yeah. one hour a day. So, you know, even like waking hours, it goes to even more than that. So that's like, yeah, the, the criminal stuff is is big and you should not bet on the sports that you are participating in for sure. We've talked about that many times and those are big things. But 
Butte, like himself, I'm like worried about. Like, this is true gambling yep. addiction. You know, we always talk about the if you have a problem, call 1 800 gambler, that kind of stuff. And here he is with like a very clear indication that like this guy has a problem with setting down the sports wagering app and going away with it. And now you're talking about he has an NFL salary. It's only a, a six round pick, but it's still a lot more than most 21 year olds are making at any given moment. And I, I, so I'm worried about his health on that. Well, on that one as well. I didn't read it he, like that. I read it as he's a bookie. Or he's uh, playing the role hmm. of team bookie. Hey, okay. you want to get on in some get in on some action? Like think about your office, right? Think about your, the locker room. Guys are talking all the time. Sensories. He's asking yeah. around, "Hey, you want in on this? You want in on this?" And then he's spreading the love cuz I just can't imagine how like one guy's doing all of that in the span of that many months unless you're not doing anything else. I wonder if he right? like gave yeah. out his his logins. And like what he wasn't even the bookie. He just said, "Hey, yeah, everybody can just use this one." So it feels like it, either way, the picture you painted chops or the picture you painted Reese and as you laid that out, that to me makes more sense that he was kind of running the operation versus cuz just physically you couldn't I just couldn't do that. How could somebody yeah, even facilitate, like, take, like, I research, I think it's a good point, but I think it would have to be the people doing it themselves because how would you facilitate well, 8,900 requests while you're still have, a student a and practicing? Yeah. And, got an intern have, or you got a, he could have 10 guys with him or something like right. that all doing a study it. Study table nerd or, yeah, some underclassmen. Yeah. You could have a bunch of people underneath you who did it. Um, the, the stuff involving the LSU team is obviously troubling. Here's the, here's the, the other thing we haven't discussed yet on this. I would bet anything this means the end of his NFL career. Cause the NFL is not even six round pick. They are not putting up with this. Guys, if you, who's, if somebody got pinched up in Cleveland, I can't remember who it was, who got pinched up in Cleveland with the Browns where like he wasn't even betting on, he wasn't betting on football. You can't bet on anything when you're in the NFL. The Lions Nothing. got rid of basically everybody but Jameson oh, Williams. It yeah. was Lions. It was Lions. So it's if you are in that geofence and and they have every facility geofenced and you pop on a on a gambling site, done. No no patience. So to me, this means I, I cannot imagine the Patriots hang, keeping him as a six round pick anyway. You're fighting for a roster spot, but this this would clearly to me mean the end of his NFL career at age 21. They're yeah. not going to put up with it. The NFL has no patience for this. No, they're, they're trying to yeah. eradicate that as much as possible. While you bring up the geofence, it reminded me of another story I read. Remember the Iowa-Iowa State players and that yes. investigation that went on? So apparently they have filed like a countersuit, the, the players with, with a lawyer, because they feel like the investigation came from somewhere that was not like spurned on by any sort of tip or any sort of hint that literally somebody who worked for that like gambling commission in Iowa just geofenced around... He, he originally geofence around dorms to see if, oh, well, a lot of people in dorms are under 21, so they can't yeah. bet. And they came to him and was like, ah, that, there's not much. Then he geofenced, and they're saying this is illegal, around the athletic facility buildings on purpose and found those ones. And then they started to go after the people. So like, I, the NFL can geofence their own facilities and do whatever they want with that. But they're saying that this guy doesn't have the right to geofence around a facility and then go, now we're going after these athletes. I don't know. I found that interesting. It's it's hard when lawsuit, like it it sounds really compelling when you read just one side of a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely something to that. And, but they're the States themselves have definitely started to go. We are going to, to track this down and and we're going to find this. And that's, 
you know, probably similar stuff is how they found the the Butte stuff. Feels like that. Uh, the other story that I started to read unintentionally in, was uh, is is the one that I wanted to get to really quickly here. Uh, looks like Wisconsin. We mentioned in the previous segment the pressure that's on Fickle. Um, he is expecting Alec Grinch as the uh, as the ba- the Badger safeties coach, former USC, Oklahoma, Washington State, Ohio State defensive coordinator, all of those things. So he's going to go to Fickle's staff, and Fick would have a familiarity of, with him from his time here. Um, he's he's been given a lot of great jobs. This is a step back. Obviously, you go from defensive coordinator to to safeties coach but um but he's been given a lot of great jobs and he'll be back in the big 10 next year he must have really impressed people early on in his career i i don't know what he has done that that keeps people putting up a, when now he he's just coming back here, as a safeties coach but when he got hired here as defensive coordinator from washington state it was like a coup yeah it was like oh they got alex grinch they Look got him this. like this was like the one guy you got to get it was like getting a defensive, you know, we talk about all those offensive coordinators and the McVay tree and stuff. That's like almost how it was like phrased. Like you got like the defensive version of the new wonderkind going in yeah. and he can do this on defense and lasted one year here. And for some reason, Lincoln Riley kept him around and everybody knew a year in that like, no, this guy isn't going to get it done for you. And he Two kept him around stops. even after last year, the he 2022. He took him with from yeah. OU to SC. I don't him. know how he made it into the 2023 season. It was their unraveling last year yeah. too. Again. All right. We'll uh, get some perspective on all of the college football news with our good buddy, Tim May coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. The Chris Holdman daily show is brought to you locally on the fan by credit union of Ohio. This is Chris Holden, The Daily Show, brought to you by Encova Insurance. Well, here's a little bit of an off-the-wall subject, but a popular one, Chris. Court storming. It's been kind of noticeable as of late. The Ohio State-Iowa game Sunday. Nebraska had it. There was a Memphis-Tulane game with a minor incident. Is that something that gets discussed amongst the coaches and game management people and things like that? Not, not as much. Not, not really. To be honest with you, you know, we've had a couple court storms. When we beat Duke here, there was a court storm um, uh, maybe two years ago when we... I think when we beat Michigan State, uh, there was a court storm. Both those teams were number one in the country. Our our, our university does a great job uh, organizing that. You know, it was an unfortunate incident that happened um, in the Iowa game, but uh, I, I know uh, our our staff and athletic department handles that at a really high level. We don't. You know, we've we've been a part, been on the road a couple of years ago. We were at Minnesota uh, when we were third in the country, and there was a court storm. And you're just trying to get out of there as quickly as you can, to be honest with you, when you're on the road. And um, uh, fortunately, both you know, home and road, it's it's pretty safe. But hopefully, nothing, uh, no one got injured um, on Sunday. Okay, another comment coming in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! 
Colorado State is saving lives every day. We're the economic engine of the state, a major employer. We're on the forefront of cancer research. Impacting tens of thousands daily. This is Ohio State. State. This is the Ohio State University. We're talking about fans and court storming and all that, but Chris wanted to ask you about fans on the road and Ohio State fans. As you're going to Northwestern, generally there's a lot of Buckeye fans from Chicago there. That has to be a great feeling for a team. There are. There are. There have always been a really good turnout of, of Ohio State fans when we when we get to Chicago. It's been uh, really important to us. We need a great lift. They're, they're an NCAA tournament team. We, listen, we've got a, a great uh, challenging stretch here with some really good teams and pretty much all tournament teams, three out of four on the road. So it's a great opportunity, and we'd love to see Buckeyes there. Uh, on Saturday night. Okay, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, let's head on to the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Conversation with a great friend of the program, Tim May, the Tim May Show at Letterman Row, and right here at the Fan. Did Michigan winning the national champ was Michigan winning the national championship this year the best thing to happen to the 2024 Ohio State roster? Oh, man, I don't know how you even answer that question. There are a lot. There's a lot of. Uh, I like giving you a big one right out of the gates. Just yeah, giving you. A, yeah, I know. But there's a lot right of stimulus. I think there's a lot of stimulus uh, to uh, what we're <laughs> what we're seeing going on, and losing three straight to Michigan is one of them. Uh, you know, Bo, this this has been phenomenal. Uh, at yeah. least in my in my years covering Ohio State football, this has been a phenomenal month, and uh, and. There, as I said on one of our podcasts, I said, you know, you can, when you're Ryan Day, you can do one of two things. When you're in the corner, you know, you can cower and uh, slip out the backside, or you can come out throwing haymakers. And, you know, Ohio State is throwing haymakers throughout this month in whatever form or fashion you want to look at it, you know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes a while to uh, – uh, sometimes it takes a while for the bear to uh, to awaken, but the bear definitely has awakened. And uh, I remember when uh, – Back during the summer, one time when Jim Harbaugh had some comments, and uh, I asked him at the Big Ten meetings, I said, "I said, is it, uh, is it? You think it's a good thing to poke the bear?" 
And, and he came back with me, you know, this is while Ohio State was still uh, laying waste to Michigan, you know, during mm-hmm. those uh, yeah. Urban Meyer years. And he goes, uh, he goes, I don't really do uh, animal analogies. When, in fact, <laughs> about an hour earlier, he had described his team as an anaconda, ready to, <laughs> coiled up, ready to strike and stuff. And so, you know, see you later, Jim Harbaugh. But, uh, but yeah, bottom line is um, Ohio State, it's Ryan Day and staff, et cetera, have been stirred uh, like I don't think they ever have been before. We'll see if it pays off in the fall, right? Well, it'll have to. And I think the other thing that was yeah, stirred, it'll like, have to, yeah, yeah. I think the yeah. other part of that is that the collectives were stirred. And well, that, yeah, that's, that's why there's so many levels to this. Like, it's not just like, hey, we, we're now determined and driven as a staff, but it's like, you got to back that up with money. So the, I think that Michigan winning, like it wake, it awoken a Buckeye nation and awoken a, a sleeping oh, yeah. giant, if it were. And now all of a sudden, like I used a, uh, a Ken Burns analogy earlier in the week from the Civil War from the great Shelby Foote, where like Ohio State has always kind of done this at, tried to do this really in the whole for 50 years in it. Yeah. You want to be Alabama in football, but you're also trying to do it like in a Stanford way like they've never taken both hands out from behind their back and punched right and now they are um but there's a ruthlessness to that too as well tim um and i think that's yeah. probably best the best example of that is the quarterback room with julian saying like now you got five guys in there there's no way you can mm-hmm. make the reps work including a five-star in Aaron nolan who's kind of one of the catalysts of your recruiting class so there there is a price like you take all the talent i'm for it but this is a different way of, good, of doing business yeah, when when we finally get to talk to uh, Bill O'Brien and stuff, that one of the you know a question I will have that may get asked before I get called on is uh how do you how do you make this an equitable uh, approach to the quarterback room when you've got five guys and uh, really uh, what four four three have played you know but uh, how do you make it equitable in the spring to make sure everybody's kind of getting a shot and you and I both know that's usually not the way it works out. You know, no. but uh, uh, to, like I keep saying, you know, take take a photo, take a snapshot, just like when Quinn Ewers was, was here for like four months. Mm-hmm. Take a sna- snapshot of this room because it's not going to look the same in uh, maybe six months or definitely in a year from now. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's a moment in time because I think all five of these guys can play in one level or another and. You know, you've you've always asked me about Devin Brown. We haven't seen Devin Brown play yet. I mean, we saw I don't him play think we for will, a quarter. Tim. Do you think? And we ever will? Uh, whether, well, whether we will, I don't know. Here, here's the thing: I keep pointing out to people. Air Nolan was, uh, you know, they went after Air Nolan when they didn't get one other guy. You know, or, or, or you know, a year ago. Uh, but now you've got a guy sitting there in Julian saying who already committed to Bill O'Brien once. You know, mm-hmm. in Alabama, Bill yep. O'Brien and Nick Saban, and uh, you got to figure. Bill O'Brien likes him a lot, you know. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, you, you kind of like look at it, but that's not – and Bill O'Brien will tell you that's not the way he's going to look at it probably. But, you know, once you have a foot in the door in any form or fashion, you try to uh, bust through the door. Yeah, it feels like the, the, by the time you get to fall, there will be three of them remaining. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Hard yeah. to imagine I mean, I, any I, other I, way. I, I agree, but I don't like to say that until it happens, you know, because Devin, yeah. Devin Brown has said, you know, he's here – He's here for the duration, you know. He said that a year okay. ago, and uh, yeah. so we'll see. Well, I know. I mean, but Bo, you know, it's stranger things are happening right now. But believe me, I mean, yeah, the guy, Will I mean, Howard's coming like, here to start, though, Tim. Well, of course started. he is. You know, so you're not going to sit th- around for three years, are you? I know, but you're not going to make me get into those hypo hypo. hypo- that's what, well, that's right? what we do. We I know, do but I mean, um, the point is, a lot can happen. 
between okay. now and then. I mean, you know, uh, I want to be president one day, you know, and I'm still no, a young you guy in that race. <laughs> That's true. I, I, yeah, I, I don't mean, think anybody aspires to that anymore. And you don't um, have to have uh, prior. Uh, you don't have to have prior. Uh, you know, experience. It no, like, Go come now. right in. The water's warm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, here's yeah, a, here's a non-hypothetical for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, the guy. The guy I'm fired up about. I think that Caleb Downs is the real deal. I mean, and Tim, uh, he was the best defensive player at Alabama last year. He, he led them in solo tackles. Uh, Kevin Steele, who knows a little bit about defense, said he was the best dude. defensive player before he took a snap that he was the best defensive yeah. player at Alabama. He is. A well, you stud. saw Kirby's Kirby yeah, smart. This, you're going back to like, you got to go like Malik Hooker. You're, you're talking like that type of talent, like Mike Doss, like he's yeah. a stud. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, Lathan Ransom was on his way to being one of the best safeties in America last year before he got hurt, et cetera. And we all know about Sonny Styles and right on down the line. I mean, this, you talk about stack. That's, uh, this defensive secondary is stacked. Do you feel like Sonny will go down to linebacker, right? I feel like that's where his natural spot I figure they got to figure out some kind of, they will probably won't call it that. They'll probably call it some, uh, you know, uh, uh, some Jim Knowles Viper, uh, name for yeah, like the X like factor that. or something like <laughs> right. that. But, uh, sure. But I mean, the thing is the way, the way they can line up and the way they can like, uh, have 11 guys on the field and line up one way, one play and another way the next with the same 11. Uh, that, that says a lot about the talent they've stacked up there. Now, granted, the linebacker situation, you know, uh, uh, Cody Simon is proven, you know, CJ Hicks has got to come along for some reason or another. He hasn't been getting on the field. There's a guy that exudes talent if you watch him in practice, mm-hmm. but, uh, boy, if they can get him really uncorked, look out. Uh, this the, no hypothetical here. Harbaugh gets to walk out of here, kind of like Danny Ocean, right? Like he gets all the money, he and and none yeah. of the consequences. It's it sucks from a Buckeye fan perspective, but it's kind of the reality. It's I never would have thought it possible when he took half a pay cut after twenty twenty and didn't play Ohio State that year, but he did it. He he turned that thing completely around. He leaves a mess. It's going to be a mess, but they, they they you make a deal like that and and you win it all. I I know they'd make it again. Yeah, I'm just wondering how much of a mess it's going to be, though, when the uh, Charter Baker four, comes out with that line about four investigations. About, they're not going to lose yeah, the title or the banner. We know yeah, that. but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like when you say, "Well, everything else, you know, everything from the time he was suspended on has been on the up and up." Well, mm-hmm. you know, what are you are you kidding me? That's a little bit of peek behind the curtain there. But yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's too it's too bad. I mean, as I described on our one of our videos at Letterman Road this week, I said. When you look at the Big Ten now, it looks like oops, and because mm-hmm. uh, you got Oregon, you got Ohio State, you got Penn State. I think Michigan's going to fall off some, maybe a pretty good bit. But you got mm-hmm. those, in my opinion. I look at it. I, I think those are your top three because USC. I'm not sure where sure where USC is right now. Uh, Washington's going to definitely fall off some from where it was uh, this past yeah. year. I think oops is a way to describe it. Yeah, it is. We, we were doing like the most pressure in the league. Obviously, the most is on Ryan Day, Tim, and I'll get you out of here in this one. I just think the second most is on Fickle in Wisconsin. Well, yeah, but, you know, they, they made a coaching change for a reason, as the old mm-hmm. saying goes. And number two, uh, it's hard to take a, a round peg and shove it into that square hole, That's which is think, what they yeah. tried to do offensively. And this idea that Wisconsin can only be uh, you know a team with these big hog mollies, as John Cooper called them up front and stuff, that's – you know, that's not accurate. You can go out and recruit any any kind of player you want. But uh, uh, the fact that they've got to run that offense and nobody else, that kind of offense, is, uh, I don't know. I think that's what Luke 
Luke is going to try to do is to, you know, meld a little bit of the two together after this because everybody is moving back toward a, some form or fashion, some type of power football in the offensive side of things just because of the way defenses have changed. I mean, it's always evolving, you know. Yeah. Anybody's watched the uh, NFL and even uh, some of the college football playoff games and uh, bowl games has seen defenses have are catching up, man, with yeah. just like coming after you. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you saw Missouri just say, what the heck, we're going to send a runner right at their quarterback mm-hmm. and see what they can do. And Ohio State couldn't counter. They couldn't block those guys. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Luke at Wisconsin. I never thought that was a tailor-made situation for him from the get-go, just based on the way he kind of likes to do things. And, you know, but he's got a couple of years to get that figured out. Yeah. All right, buddy. Good talk as always. Appreciate your time. Hey, it's always a pleasure being on with you, Bo, and the hypotheticals. That's exactly right. Tim Tim I'm, I'm uh, trademarking that. Don't try to steal it. That's fine. That's all right. We'll sell some t-shirts. Right. You and I will split the revenue. Yeah, you got it, man. You got it. We get homage Tim- involved. There you go. Tim A. Show, Letterman Road right here at the fan. Joining on the Brian Heating Cooling System fan guest hotline. Thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And while we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The fam. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. All right, type a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. Kind of continuing our discussion on Michigan, what they're going to do at head coach. This from Garrick Hodge of 11 Warriors in an article about the effects of Jim Harbaugh's departure, not only on Michigan, but on Ohio State and college football in general. But it had this note in it. Michigan may have to wait a week to officially name Sharon Moore its next head coach, though, as the university's standard practice guide for employment requires a job to be open for at least seven days before being filled unless a waiver is granted due to, quote, legitimate business needs. You'd think that the urgency of having a, a, to hire a replacement quickly to avoid parts of the roster getting poached similar to Alabama would fall under the guideline, but so far as not. Also, I saw this in the Skull session. They had some odds for the next coach. Uh-huh. Tron Moore is minus 700. Lance Leopold plus 600. Brian Kelly plus 700, a name I've heard around there. PJ Fleck plus 1,000. Jesse Minner plus 1,100. And then at the tail end, you have Ryan oh, Day baby. plus 10,000. <laughs> Urban Meyer plus 10,000. Bill Belichick plus 20,000. Those odds might be coming down. Tom Brady plus 25,000. Thing or not a thing? Well, Ryan would be 25,000 with Tom. Like, that's just, that that should be up there in that neck of the woods. Urban as well. Um, I just wonder, like, can you imagine, like, if they, if they got so desperate and they hired PJ and they, and he was like, dude, we got to put an oar on this son of a, we got to, got to put an oar on the back of it. Like, that'd be amazing if he did that. Um, little, little, uh, like, merit stickers that were oars mm-hmm. or even a giant oar. Well, they- 
They Greg let Harbaugh do whatever he wanted with the stickers, but he obviously well, those, had a little bit more leeway. But they came but back also from those, his time, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that was from Bo. Like, they had done that before, so there was some precedent there. It's going to be Sharon Moore. Um, none of the rest of these guys really make any sense. Uh, it'll be Moore, and, and he's going to have a decent window on it. The only pushback I would have to this is, um, this is I think this is Garrick who's hypothesizing. You'd think the urgency of having to hire a replacement quickly yeah. avoids. He's there. Moore's there. Just because he's not officially the coach, he's still in the building. He's still there. They all would know that it's a. It, to me, this just seems like a formality. I don't think this had. I don't think that will have anything to do. There won't be an Alabama poaching because of the academic calendar and because Sharon Moore is already there. And they'll have a press conference in the middle of the week next week, and that yeah. will suffice the seven days then. Yeah, so it's easy. I'm also not sure how much of Michigan's roster is as desirable as some of the players on Alabama's. Like, Caleb Downs was an absolute must-have for any program in the country. Like, does Don, is Donovan Edwards getting $500,000 yeah. offers for other programs? I mean, there will be recruits and guys that have signed recently that'll, you know, look back to other coaches that they've met across the country in the recruiting process and just saying, hey, let's reopen the discussion now that my recruitment's informally opened. But it is, you know, kind of a different beast there where you have so many of Michigan's players that were pivotal to their national title run opting for the NFL. About 6.30 last night, the show Twitter put out a poll at 971-BFS. Hey, guys, will Bill Belichick coach a football team in 2024? 70% of the respondents to this fan poll said no. Was this before Raheem Morris was announced? This was right after Raheem Morris was announced. So I, I I would agree with the no's thing. Yeah, it does. It's only Washington. It doesn't, no, yeah, it doesn't it. feel like there's that many spots left. I mean, there aren't that many spots left open. It doesn't feel like the spots that are open are going to be that attractive to Bill Belichick. So I don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't seem like a guy who's going to go gently into retirement. Um, so we talked about could he be a television guy for a year? We got a tweet from somebody like, oh, he could be like an off or a defensive analyst on a team. Like, I don't think Bill Belichick wants to do something like that. To anyone. And I don't think anybody else would want Bill Belichick no. on their staff because that's just. That is just asking to be fired in the middle of the season so that Bill Belichick can become the head coach if you put him as a lower part on your staff. So, no, I don't think that's an option. So, what's he going to do? Probably not coach next year. Yeah. Steph Curry, he was mic'd up pregame, and he was asking his teammate Brandon Pojemski about challenging someone to a three-point contest. Yo, do you know who holds the record for the most points in a three-point competition? Sabrina? I think I think I gotta bring her out and be like, we gotta sell this once and for all. I know that's what they said. I'm talking about Asian body because my Asian curry. I think I gotta challenge it. Hell yeah. It'd be lit. Come on! Ah! Presumably makes that shot after uh, come on yeah, there. Naturally. The Sabrina they were mentioning is Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu who quote tweeted the video posted by the NBA with let's get it. See you at the three point line. The I emoji at Steph Curry 30 thing or not a thing. Fun thing. Really, really cool. Fun thing. I'd love to see it. Love to see her compete. Uh, she would be shooting from her line though. Cause it's not the same line. So mm-hmm. she would be shooting for her line as opposed to the NBA line. But either way, that's a huge win. Um, and the one thing I think is really cool about this is, and I've noticed this for the last probably four or five years, like NBA players really support WNBA players. Like they know who they are, they support them, they go to the games. 
it's really cool the way that the way that that's the way that that because that wasn't the way it was 20 years ago but it, that's happening now and it's it's cool I think the question chops you should have asked was lit or not lit because that <laughs> would absolutely be lit and what is really a litless weekend the yep. NBA All-Star Game, that would generate a lot of buzz. I would be more likely to watch three-point contest than whoever is in yes. it. Because I think they announced that. the starters, and uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't know any of them. For the, like, just off the top of my head. I'm, I'm the, sure like LeBron's starting for the West, and Giannis oh, is starting yeah. for They're the East. They're back to East-West, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not doing yeah. the draft anymore. LeBron. So I'm sure it's uh, you know Embiid and Jason Tatum in the East. So. LeBron is a 20-time All-Star, the most all-time also on that. So thing or not a thing, yeah, sure. Yeah, Been there thing. forever. Everything LeBron does is thing now. It's all records. Yeah, it's all records. All on along. Wednesday, Luka Doncic had a Suns fan ejected from their game in Dallas, which the Suns won 132-109 to 109, because he was heckling Luka throughout the contest, at one point reportedly shouting, Luka, you're tired. Get your ass on the treadmill. <laughs> the fan was wearing a Devin Booker jersey, and on right. Thursday, the Suns point guard was asked about that incident. Quote, I appreciate the support. I don't know what he said. I hope he didn't cross too many lines, and I'll be getting his information. If you can find it, let me know. End quote. Thing or not a thing? I think it's a thing that Booker is like, like, is their peers, Doncic and Booker. Like, those There's two beef, certainly though. be peers, although they don't like each other. No. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that part. Um, okay. Well, then that changes a little bit, because as, as I read that, I thought, well, that's odd to, like, to go at somebody who went at a peer. You buy a ticket, you have a right... But it it doesn't give you all the rights. There are consequences for some of it, and there's a line that has to be crossed. If you cross it, that's it. Um, I, this all this stuff just makes me uncomfortable. Like fan yelly personal stuff to athlete guy. It's just it all makes me uncomfortable. Anytime I've been in a place and they do it, I'm like, oh god, really? I'm gonna do this. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things that like I I've definitely like th- thrown out some things that are like heckling, but I was younger, so it's really weird when you see adults do it. Because I saw this video it was Iowa State fans. I don't even know what the context was, but the coach, the opposing coach, was trying to call a timeout late. That, that was the context I got. Yeah. But it showed this like guys in their fifties and sixties making like crying motions like up yeah. against their eyes and, and stuff. It's like that's leave that to children. If you're an adult. Just watch the game and cheer and have fun. Yeah. It's not you don't need to yell at people because at the end of the day, the professional athlete definitely gets the last laugh. He's yeah. making forty million dollars, fifty million dollars, whatever it might be. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, final hour of the week coming up next. So we started with what we learned this week. We learned a lot about where the Big Ten is and where it's headed. We'll get into that coming up next. Doug coming up at eleven thirty three. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. Timmy Hall hosts Buckeye Roundtable, a special look inside the world of Ohio State Athletics, and a special look inside Timmy's neckbeard. Monday at 6. The fa- Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Final hour of the week, Doug Maurice coming up at 11.33 on a very busy week in college football. And as we look back on what we learned this week, that will be covered. Hit it, boys. We're not trying to do too much around here, but over the course of five days, you might have gleaned some stuff. Bishop and Friends present What What We've Learned This Week. 
Life comes at you fast, kids. Uh, last week as we were doing this show, Caleb Downs was in the mix, but not official. Uh, Julian Sayan was, we were, we were being told that they loved their room so much and that adding him was, they weren't going to upset the apple cart on that and it was going to take a big sacrifice. And then all of a sudden, Caleb Downs, <laughs> Julian Sayan, and, and away you go. And I, I think what we learned is, is a couple of things. And I think most of them make a lot of us happy that, that Ohio State now has the best roster in college football. Um, that's full stop. That's better than Georgia's. Obviously, they've rated Bama's. There's really no holes. Um, you know, it, it's funny. People even push back. Well, where's the offensive line? Well, they did get Bama's center. So they do have him. Like they're, They'll be improved in every single way. Plus a lot of guys returning on the of line, course, too. Yeah, it really just come. It'll come down to, and this will be the, the, you know, honestly, like the $20 million question all all summer through spring, all of it is can, is Will Howard up to this? Uh, is he good enough to to handle all that's going to come his way and with all of this talent? But with the additions of Bill O'Brien, which happened late last week, and then Downs who comes in, and we talked a lot about the quarterbacks and all of that, and, and Tim brought it up, and I brought it up earlier in the week in terms of Caleb Downs is a ready-made stud, like he is all Big Ten. First-team All-American talent. He was a first-team freshman All-American this year. He's an All-SEC guy. He is a straight, out-of-the-box stud. And we have, you haven't had one of those type of guys who just parachutes in. You're going to get him for two years. I would assume that there's some. I, there's no contracts in any of this stuff, but I assume that it's looking at a two-year window for Caleb Downs. He doesn't hop in the portal after next year. But um, but that is the the spot that you're in. And and you you found out that with all of that talent acquisition comes also a ruthlessness to it and a a get talent at all cost feel and it's something that that all of you out there the collective you who who fund the collectives and because it takes all of that it's not just coaches working real hard you have to have the monetary means to back this up and the Ohio State Buckeye Nation has done it. They've pulled the other hand out from behind their back to finish the analogy from earlier in the week. And now they're fighting with both fists, both financially and on the field. And this is a very different approach for Ohio State. And for now, at least, it netted the most talented roster in college football. Obviously, this scorched earth path that Ohio State has been on has been spurned on by not just losing to Michigan this year, but losing three straight years to Michigan, failing to win the Big Ten championship, missing out on the college football playoff. Two of those three years not yeah, not getting to the goals that are stated at the beginning of every season. But I also think that there's a little bit, and this doesn't happen much at Ohio State, but what they've done is they've guaranteed that they are not going to have to at in really in any way looking at this roster the offensive line still has some you know how's that going to shake out but everywhere else it feels like they know that the guy they're putting out there in every position is a dude and the Caleb Downs one I think is the most important to that because it gives you a true stud free safety and then that allows you to move Sonny Styles possibly to linebacker possibly to kind of a rover type position does the Jack or the Leo still exist whatever he can be with that incredible athletic profile he has it doesn't have to be I think this is the wrong term, but I'll use it. It doesn't have to be wasted at free safety, which is not something that he's quite optimally what he built is anywhere. Yeah. yeah, and so now you've got a real free safety out there, and you can use that guy. And I think that has spread throughout the rest of this roster because you look at the guys returning plus the guys they added in the portal, and I think that they're going to go into the season very confident that they have you know one of the best in the country at just about every position right now for the Buckeyes, and that's what it means when you have the best roster in college football. Not only is it, I think, the best, but I also think it's the deepest. Yeah. Like, I think you could go one and two, and those guys in the twos would be coveted almost anywhere. 
Oh gosh, at running back, can you imagine? I mean, you could have Trey quarterback, right, wide, wide receiver. Like I mean, defensive back, <laughs> defensive end. One other part to this, I don't think I don't think it goes to this level if Michigan doesn't win at all. No, you don't mobilize as quickly Not like this. No, the you loss to, to Michigan hurts in November, sure. but watching Cotton them win it all, all of it, yeah. That's what that was the real. That was like okay, that's enough. We're not putting up with this anymore. Um, speaking of Michigan, what had long been rumored became finalized this week. Jim Harbaugh leaves the Michigan program. Um, we used the analogy earlier in the week. He's Danny Ocean. He, he gets away with all of it. He gets all the money, the girl, all of it, and he goes to San Diego. Sorry, L.A. I don't know if I'll ever not call them the San Diego Chargers. Honestly. I did it yesterday, too. I it, I just don't know if I can. It just It's just so linked. I have and to feel think so homeless about in LA, L.A. when I sell when I say L.A. Chargers. Jim's going to during his intro presser, right? Called San Diego. It feels like it. Like, where's that on the bingo card? Yeah, it feels like it. It's just one of those. It's one of those moves that you know. I think probably they they would have been so much better off in Vegas if they were trying to truly start anew um, and to be it. But Cronky was never going to allow the Raiders in the LA market, so they took the Chargers. But they just feel so homeless to me there, and they have for a long. They've been there a long time. It's like what is it like five six seasons they've been there. Maybe more. I don't know because they played at the soccer stadium for a yeah. while with Carson. So, so it's at least there. like the third season of SoFi, right? Yeah, and they played a couple of seasons in the soccer stadium, so they've been there. Like Philip Rivers was the quarterback when they were in L.A. Remember, he was doing that bus back and forth up the freeway. <laughs> oh yeah, to, so he could still live in San Diego. So like all of that happened. But Harbaugh gets the Chargers job. It's the job that he coveted. Um, he's going to leave. A, I think a pretty big mess at Michigan in terms of what could happen from an NCAA perspective. But he also did them a favor in how long this took. But because of the academic calendar, it's hard to. It's really hard for people on the Michigan roster to be poached right now. Um, it's January twenty sixth. There's no way that you're going to be able to be accepted. Largely, not going to be able to be accepted into another university at this point because that's still a component of this. I wonder at what point did everybody, the higher ups at Michigan, including Harbaugh and then his, you know, technical bosses, at what point during that contract extension that was supposed to be done by the end of October, then the end of November, and so on and so forth, at what point did they all kind of sit down and go, okay, if Jim gets a, if Jim gets an NFL offer, he's not going to do it, but we're going to pretend. Like, we're actually still working on this because yeah. Angelique Chingelis, who we had on earlier this week, she had in her article shortly after Harbaugh took the Chargers job that, oh, at the last hour, the Michigan AD and president, they were able to put together a, a contract that did have those immunity clauses that Harbaugh had asked for. And yeah, it just feels like such a have your cake and eat it too situation for, for everybody that everybody knew at a certain point that Jim was going to get an NFL offer and that he was going to take it. But they all played along with each other like, ah, maybe he is is going to come back and so that the administration can say we did everything we, we could and then Harbaugh can go you know he wins the championship and then he can go off and say oh it's just too good of an opportunity to pass up because they still want to get to that pinnacle of the top of the NFL too yeah rarely can you say good job out of everybody but good job out of everybody there because they all played their part perfectly mm-hmm. and nobody's going to feel anything but elation for the next year because they won the whole thing maybe until next November yeah, even yeah, sure. Maybe even but past that. Until you win a national championship here, which yeah. will be the, the minimum expectation next year. That'll be fun. The minimum um, expectation. So that's the minimum expectation. Go win it all. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think they're so fat and happy that, that they're thrilled, and I, I think everybody wins the perception game. Harbaugh gets to celebrate, gets to go to his parade, gets to do all of those things. Um, he kind of gets he gets off scot free. 
from the NCAA stuff. Like yeah. they're not going to come at him at this point. So he gets off scot free on that. He's not going to have to answer for it. That'll be Ward Manual. That'll be people who are still there answering for whatever comes of the NCAA investigations. And Michigan can say we tried, and they did. I mean, they were they. I do. I I believe the John U. Bacon reporting from the end of October. Great friend of the program that Michigan had an offer in front of him and expected to have that thing signed by the end of October. But then all of a sudden, the NFL comes calling. And this was the thing. And Harbaugh just slow played all of that until he got the NFL offer officially. And it always felt like it was predetermined that he was going to the Chargers. Because yeah, So even the Chargers got the guy they want. Even though they interviewed yeah. like 15 people, they that's who they wanted from the beginning, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And he gets, to, he gets to go to Southern California. I mean, you think about it, like, he was begging to be hired by the Vikings. He was anybody he could get hired for in 2020. Now he gets to go to a team he played for in a part of the country that his wife is from and he's very, very familiar with. Um, and he gets the best quarterback that was without a head coach. Checks every box. Checks every single box on that side of things. And it, it does feel like it'll be Sharon Moore going forward on that side of things. We we um, It was from a, a Buckeye basketball Blue Jackets, Buckeye women's basketball front. It was kind of a full spectrum of emotions on that. Uh, magic on Sunday with Iowa here. And uh, we had Kevin McGuff on on Monday's show talking about everything that went into that. A, a brutal loss for the Buckeye basketball team at Nebraska where they just – and I, Coach Holtman even said this post game, like just did not have the fight. Weren't I tough enough, his, he said three yeah, times. I understand his frustration on the, the fight, the tough, and all of that. Um, but they, they have real offensive basketball problems. In Big Ten play, and they just they cannot manufacture enough points. They go through these wild stretches, four or five minute stretches where they they can't get buckets. They, there's nothing that they can lean on, um, and it's going to be tough. They're at what Northwestern tomorrow night? Is that the operation? Yep, and they haven't won a road game since at Northwestern last January. So it's been over a year since they've won a true no like the road present. game. Yeah, uh, I wonder if with Holtman and the the toughness stuff, because there has been some evidence in the last couple of games that the Buckeyes are actually decent when they prioritize getting to the paint and getting inside. But most of the game, especially their dry spells, are filled with passing really long passes across the you know the the entire width of the court and trying to hit threes. And except for Jamison Battle, who sometimes isn't hot, but most of the time is. These guys aren't making the threes, so does he want to try to cultivate that? But it, that seems like early season stuff. It's a little think, too late in the year to like, hey, let's let's make this our offense. I, I think that the problem is, is at this level, you can't just say we got to get to the rim because Bruce Thornton can get to the paint. He gets there over and over and over again. But the only way that you can actually create offense out of that is if the people who are on the receiving ends of his passes are knocking down threes. Like that's that's basketball now. It's you get into the paint and you score, or you dribble drive and you kick for a three, and they don't have people who can shoot it consistently outside of battle. And it's there's just no real solution to that. Um, I'm interested to see what they what they try on Saturday night as, as they try to end that losing streak on the road. Um, the 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 hockey stuff was kind of interesting today with the line A reporting, right? That now Voronkov line A, they're they're fielding calls on those, and I that feels appropriate. That that will make the next month interesting from the Jackets' perspective. <laughs> what can the get back be on that? And and now you're going to have a true build. What if the Jackets make a bunch of trades and get a bunch of rentals and say, "Now we're going for the eighth oh, seed"? No, can't. I don't have the stomach for it. Like just just push in the chips, get something tangible for Line A. Um, I, hell, I would talk to Gaudreau to see if he would waive a no trade. I said that back in November. Like 
play the kids and the every kids conversation you can have. Yeah. And playing the kids also puts you in a position where it doesn't feel like you're kind of wasting a second consecutive season. It's yeah. just, no, this is actually building. And in the middle of the year, you can go full into it by making those trades and really hit. Okay. We're building again. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, coming up next, it is NFL Championship Weekend. We, uh, we'll, we'll go over that a little bit, plus an anniversary um, that still hits me to this day. We get into that coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Not interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. Ed Garrett for the Typico Sportsbook and get in the betting action with the playoff football, basketball, hockey, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players. Biggest payouts, they're there for you. Try that new flex parlay and cash in on the bets, even if you miss a leg or two of those parlays. Claim your new sign-up bonus right now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now and enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Typico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. Uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday, you guys, that I was doing the one for her with my wife with the crown. Where yeah. We were watching that. Well, where did the, we watched the episode where, where Diana, where it happens in Paris. And, and that was the episode we watched last night. And it, it's, it's not enjoyable for me at all because I remember that vividly. Her passing. I remember where I was exactly when it happened. The same, similar to like John F. Kennedy Jr. I remember that one absolutely when that happened, where I was on all of those fronts. And there's one in the sports world that the anniversary of was today. Uh, today is the, the passing of uh, anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, the crazy, I'll never forget the phone call. My, the boys were skiing and I got a phone call from my father in law and I, I was just circulating around like the lodge that Kobe had passed and you were trying to, wrap your head around it and, and just didn't even make sense. Like in a helicopter crash, what, what are we, t- how, what happened here? Right? Like, um, and so I never forget my father-in-law called me. It was four years ago. And he said, you need to, you need to think about getting your money out of the stock market. And I'm like, what are you, t-? I'm like, dad, Kobe died. What are you talking about? And he's like, there is a virus in China that is going nuts and it's going to wreck the markets. And, and I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, whatever. Like, Kobe died. Like, I mean, can you, can you believe that? And he's like, I understand, but like, this this is coming. Um, and that ha- that was this, I'll never forget it. I was sitting in the in the lodge watching the boys ski when that happened, and um, it's one of those ones with. So that for me, those two are always linked. Like, that was the first time I'd ever heard of coronavirus, and it happened on the exact same day that that Kobe passed, which was four years ago today. Yeah, I remember where I was when I got the news of it. We were actually, we were just sitting at home. We were watching The Irishman, which, you know, is like a four hour long movie, right? And we were in the middle of it and we did not finish it that day because it's so long that I checked my phone at one point and I was, because it was buzzing. I was getting a few notifications from everything. And I was like, at first I was like, that can't be right. And, you know, then I got on Twitter and checked it and I was like, oh my God. And I like, I paused the movie. I was like, 
It's like Kobe died today, and I yeah, yeah, that was he was you know growing up especially probably my favorite athlete. I still have a Kobe jersey, a, a white twenty four Lakers mm-hmm. jersey, um, and it, it's really weird to to look back on that moment because it's one of the you know probably first time in like my adult life that I have that like full on like I remember where I was. But you're right, soon after that Corona, like that day where all the NBA games started to shut down and. And stuff, especially in our line of work, that was like, whoa. Then I remember so where I was in then. March. Yeah. March is when it all, when the, when everybody, so think about it, like, it was like a month of like building towards the coronavirus thing. It was like a month building towards March when it, when it went. And then and later, was, it wasn't until March. Later in that 2020 year, another person who has great talent that I revered passed away as well. And Eddie Van Halen, and it just so happens to be his birthday today. Today? Yeah. Oh my God. Which gosh. is so like my favorite musician and my favorite athlete share this day for different reasons but it's, it's just really weird if they've been trending on twitter all day yeah race you remember where you were yeah i was at home and then everything stopped yeah i was just i i think i was doing laundry and just wa- watching something but it changed right over to espn and that coverage um because it yeah it, it stops you it, it really mm-hmm. does ground you just whatever you're doing because of how much of a presence Kobe Bryant had in the lives of sports fans and and most people really. I mean, he was a cultural icon. He changed too. Um, you know, the, the ruthlessness of him in the first 10 years of his career, there was a softening of him that happened towards the end. Um, and I think a big part of that was, uh, Gianna, his daughter, that, that they were, there was that part of it. Like you saw him coaching his daughter and she was, you know, in the Mambasitas and all of that stuff. And so that, that led to the softening. So, it, and it wasn't, you know, it's obviously that that was the other part of it. It was the tragedy of him and his daughter, along with others, um, in that, in that AAU basketball world where that happened. But, um, that was four years ago, uh, today. And it's, you remember the, the league stood still. They stopped. Like they didn't play. Remember, like there was that, that day of grieving that they had where they had like Shaq and I think Magic was involved. And remember and- the Grammys were that night in Staples Center. That's right, and they they honored him there because his jerseys are up there. You know, it's just it's up there in the rafters, both of them, the eight and the twenty four, and they honored him that. But yeah, that's crazy that that was that turnaround. Like that was hours later in the same city that where the accident happened with the right. helicopter, where he played in his arena. Oh, that's right, I do remember that now. And when you, that's the other thing about being a Laker, it's just unique to any other place, any other operation in the country from the standpoint of like. You are a star among the biggest stars. Like Laker players are revered in like the Hollywood community. Yeah. Because it's their team. It's their Mm -hmm. team. So like when you when you're that, when you're what Magic was during his time, what what Kobe was during his, and and LeBron is seeing that now, it's one thing to be a star in you know, the other big marquee markets, whether it's New York or I, I, what would the other, would Miami be a marquee market where there's sometimes some stars there? Uh, but, but LA's time, that time's a billion. And so like the, your peer group and the people who look up to you are the most famous it, entertainment people in the, on the planet. And they actually do look up to you because you're a basketball you player. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they figure they actually yeah. look up and then figuratively too, mm-hmm. because it, that you possess things that they can't be. Right, so they they go to the games. They root for you. All the money in the world can't make you Kobe no. Bryant. He's special. No. That's not yeah. No. That's not something that's gonna happen. And gone way too soon. It's just not like you know. Especially as I've gotten older and like know a lot more, you know, just about people and and various things. Like we're finally getting to that age where like people I remember 
being real movie stars when I was a kid are starting to pass away. But Kobe was 41, right? Yeah, like it was, yeah. it was not in any, like that's why it was so shocking. It was not something that you were like expecting to hear the news of Kobe Bryant dying no. anytime soon. To, um, so the, the, we watched that episode last night of The Crown. I, I thought that would be like the end of the series. Like, and I stopped. It was like, it was like episode three. And I'm like, wait a second. There's seven more episodes. Like, I don't give a damn about William and Kate at college. Like, that's that's, it. I don't need to see anymore. I'm shocked that they did that. That's what I was talking about yesterday where like, I watched like those last three episodes because Jayla was finishing it up and it felt unfocused a little bit. Each episode, um, there ends up being... I, I I don't want to spoil it for you, but there ends up being an, like an entire episode on the Queen's sister, and that was like well, not even somebody that I'm familiar with. Well, before if you watch the that. series, though, yeah. you would be. So I would actually look forward to that a little bit. Okay. More than I have no interest in the kids get a lot. I don't care about the kids. I it's that's and a, then what is it, Camilla? And, yeah, she's right? in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. Uh, we're gonna get a little Doug Maurice chatter coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Love crew soccer? Us too. Let's get married and catch every game together. Proud to be your local home for the black and gold. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Right, let's head on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Conversation with a great friend of the program, Doug Maurice, the podcast, Kings of Columbus uh, as well. You've been all over this. This has been a... It's been a hell of a week, buddy, for the for the Buckeye mm. football program, and it has been a an incredible change in process. I, I will start with you the same way I started with Tim. Um, was Michigan winning the national championship the best thing that happened to the 2024 Ohio State roster? You know, I just don't know. Like, if say Michigan would have lost to Washington, yeah, would Ohio State have done anything differently than they've done? They'd still want to beat Michigan, right? They'd still want to win the Big Ten and get there themselves. So I still think it's more tied to three straight losses to Michigan falling short of their own goals. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's a contribution, but, you know, I know like the Wall Street Journal had a story the other day, like with that headline, you know, their rival won the national title. They're yeah. spending millions of dollars to make sure it not, never happens again. I, I, I don't think that's it. I think it's they lost three straight to their rivals. They're falling short of their own goals. They want to fix that more than the other thing. It's also the opportunity, right? Like Saban leaves. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Absolutely. oh, boy, we Wide can go open. poach this roster. Yeah, and that's the thing. Too. Like if Saban doesn't leave, well, then Caleb Downs doesn't happen. Julian Sand doesn't happen. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that are sort of conspiring to create an opportunity that they are seizing on. I just don't think it's like, oh, Michigan won the national title. That's it. I think it's much more, we lost three straight in a row to Michigan. And by the way, other things are popping up. Let's seize the day. Yeah, there's, I do think there was a straw to the, uh, to the camel's back feel to it with, with Michigan winning it though. Like they were mobilizing in this way, but then there, this, there's, 
Look, I'm for it because I think this is where we are in college football. This is a year-to-year business now. You you have to recruit for one year, and and then you're going to have to re-recruit them again by the time you mm-hmm. get to next year. But there's a ruthlessness to this, and it was I think the best point of it is Julian saying where and I, I said this last Friday on the show. I said there was all this talk about how oh they love their room so much they're not going to add to the room, and they can love their room fine. But like we're in the talent acquisition business now in this sport, aren't we, Doug? Like that always seemed like a no-brainer to me. If there was a chance to get him, you're going to get him. But I do, you know, and again, 18 months ago, you know, they do, I think they were interested in, we have guys in the program who are working the way up. They, we want to give them their fair shot. We don't want guys jumping the line. You know, I do think that was more of an idea. But again, we've talked about this, like you've got a supplement in the portal and probably more than they have done. But and I don't know, like the, the circumstances have changed. They are seizing the opportunity more. I do think they've changed an attitude, but there's also kind of just some rare stuff happening here. That if Julian's saying that type of dude is out there a game changer, I think maybe most programs say the heck with it. We're getting that guy no matter what. But, you know, and the, Ross Bjork, like a new AD, a new yeah. president, I think that's a part of it too. We did a show the other day seizing on Ross Bjork saying football is king mm-hmm. and asking fans, like, have you always felt like football is king in Columbus? Have, have you, we said to our, to our listeners, do you feel like Ohio State has always done as much as they can do for football? And two-thirds said no, which I think people on the outside might be surprised by. But that's, that's the reality for Ohio State fans. And now I think they feel like they're doing every single thing they can. I couldn't agree with your, your poll audience more. I think you could make an argument Ohio State has, has been a sleeping giant in football. And you say, well, how that's possible? They win national champ. Yeah, they have, but they could have won a lot more. Ohio State, to me, Doug, always wanted to be Alabama in football, but they want to be Stanford and everything else, too. And when yep. you try to do those things, you can't put the emphasis on football that you that you otherwise would because you have to supplement all these other operations. Um, and so I use the analogy uh, on Monday's show. There's a great quote from Shelby Foote, historian in the Civil War doc by Ken Burns, like, Ohio State has been fighting for 50 years kind of with one hand tied behind its back um and and now they pulled the other hand out and now they're going to fight kind of the way that the teams in the south do and i think the best example of that is ohio state and a lot of the teams up here their their attitude towards nil was get here and we'll take care of you well to get the guys they got they had to give it up front and that's different from what they've done previously but it's still not at high school as much right it is is, though well but he i agree I still think their NIL attitude, though, is retention one, right? That's the most important thing. When we ask the fans, what's the most important thing that happened this season? It's keeping Denzel Burke and Trevor Henderson and JT Tuimolo and Jack Sawyer and Emeka Buka. That's still first. And then I do think the transfer stuff, Caleb Downs, right, Will Howard, Quinton Judkins, I still think that's the number two. That's the number two most important Jeez. thing. Establish guys that you know you're going to get your, quote, money's worth. And then I do think the high school stuff is still third. Now, saying's a big deal. I agree with that. But there's still, I mean, this still isn't, this isn't Texas A&M getting every, getting 14 top 100 guys who are all going to bail. So I do, I still do think it's aggressive, yet still strategic and not exactly the way everybody else is doing it. I would do, I would, I, if you want to go, I go 1A, 1B on you. I can't go two on Caleb Downs. I, you got, I go 1A, 1B. If you, I'll give you that one. I'll go 1A, 1B. I can't go one and two. I, I go 1A, 1B on that. And, but, and the only pushback I would. Keep the guys, if they yeah. don't keep the guys, then Downs doesn't matter as much. He's huge. He's huge. But, but if, you got a starting quarterback and the, and the guy who's going to be the best player on your defense in the portal. 100%. And you kept eight guys with real NFL decisions 
staying one more year, which is where it all starts. Because if you're adding Quinshawn Judkins and Will Howard to Caleb, and Caleb Downs to a defense losing nine starters, it is a different conversation. We're how a little many, bit in the semantics here, but we you are, know, yeah. I, I just I, yeah. I wonder how many of those it's like how important. many of those guys had real in it. Like how many of them were first, second round picks? Like no, some of them were third, fours. It's not. This isn't Marv coming back, you know. No, and you're, but NIL's never going to keep those guys anyway. I no, do think never. a lot of those guys were right in the range where NIL can make a difference. Hey, your draft stock isn't quite what you thought. You know, you're not going to make $10 million next year. Here's what we can do for you if you stay, and I think it worked. It all yeah. matters. It's all aggressive. I, there's like, we can put them in order. There's like 10 things that happened mm-hmm. all at once. New leadership at Ohio State. Saban leaves. Michigan wins it all. You have a group of third-year guys who didn't achieve their goals and maybe didn't hit their draft stock. You had opportunities with Howard and Junkin. Like this, it all happened at once, and the result was they didn't pick and choose. They took it all. They took the big net and scooped it all up, man. Yeah, I said earlier today, the and, and what comes from that is the minimum expectation of go win the national championship. I, I like want to already get on this. Like, I just don't think it's healthy for the fan base for it's the not. number one thing I know. for it to be. Now there's pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's pressure. You're creating opportunity. September one with well, they don't win the national title. It's all for naught. It's all worthless. Like that is that's no way to go through a season. Did they create a great team? Absolutely. Do they have to beat Michigan? Yes, they do. Can, are they going to be? Uh, the co-favorite to win the national title? Absolutely. But I don't think you have to wear that as a burden and, a, and have 4,000 questions about pressure when really let's talk about great football because that's what they have a chance to play. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think we had that this year, though. I mean, I, I didn't have a For whole sure. lot of fun. Oh. I, don't think, I don't think the fan base, because the way the schedule sets up, it's a three-game season, and I don't even know if we can put Penn State in there anymore. Like, it's really going to be the Oregon game, and then Michigan uh, is yeah. Michigan's yeah, going to be a, what it is. Yeah. But, but, but again, this is the whole thing with the 12-team playoff. You can lose. Let them lose. Let them lose. Everybody can lose, and you still have, your, your dreams aren't ruined. So I think that's a good thing. I think that's a healthy thing. I think we all have to realize how good Oregon is and is going to stay. Michigan is losing like 12 of their best 15 players, but they're still, I think, a very competent, competitive football team. Yes, Ohio State should be, and I'm sure will be, the favorite in the Big Ten. But um, – you, you can't turn opportunity and excellence into a negative and a burden all the time, right? Like, it's just not a way to live. So, yeah, we all know what they've got to do. They've got to do it, right? But let's, let's not start in September with three months of if they don't win the national title, it's a failure. Why, like, why do we need to live that way? Let's enjoy what should be an awesome football team. Yeah, I, 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 I hope for that. I, I don't – I think it's yeah. realistic, but I, I hope that you get that. I wanted to. I want to ask you on uh, Harbaugh's exit here. He he gets all of it, doesn't he? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he Danny Oceaned it. He got he's scot free, Southern California, wins it all, and and leave. Who knows what happens to that program going forward? But it's an incredible escape plan that he that he hatched here, and he executed it. He did, and I'm curious what you think about this. I know there's been some sentiment of. It's like Ohio State's not going to be able to get their revenge on Harbaugh, and maybe that's disappointing for Ryan Day or the program or anything. Yeah. I think we're past that. I, do you think Michigan regrets never beating Urban? Like, is that, are they like, oh, I can't believe we never beat Urban? Oh, they just like, there three was in a row, baby, boom. 
I do think there was something personal with Jim going all the way back to him guaranteeing it as a player. And I do think there is a, I think the combination of Jim leaving and the fact that the Ohio State Michigan game without, with it now being the potential you could play the next week or in the playoff, last year was the last one where it was like all for nothing or all, all for everything, all for nothing. And so I do yeah. think that you lose out on that a little bit. And I do believe that like if you were to hook Ryan Day up to a lie detector test and say, who would you want to beat more than anybody next year if you could? I think he would, I know he would say Jim Harbaugh. And I do think that has been taken a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, it's still going to mean everything. It's the Michigan game in three, four years from now. It's not going to matter. You're not going to think about it. You're going to go, well, hell, he was three and five against Ohio State is, is what he was. But for right now in the moment, yeah, I think there's a little bit of bitterness that you don't I, get a chance to get him back. I think personal animus is a luxury. And I think when you've lost three in a row, it's like, we just got to beat Michigan no matter what, you know, and I, I almost think like it's become, it's all about the program. It's all about everybody right now. And like in the history and like, sometimes we point this out. Hey, by the way, Michigan was really good. Michigan wasn't as good. When we say Trestle nine and one, when we say urban seven and oh, do we talk about who the coaches were on the other side that they weren't that good? Do we, do we bring up Rich Rod and Brady Hoke right away? I do. do we bring up the end of boy car? Most people don't, but don't you yeah. think most people don't? It's about your overall record. Yeah. So like probably. Ohio State has to beat Michigan. And so like, Back when Ohio State was beating Michigan, and hey, that Harbaugh's a pain in the neck, um, I think that it can be personal between people. Yes. When you lose three in a row, I think it's program versus program, and that guy's gone, and the Buckeyes need to beat the guys in maize and blue, no matter which guys they are. Yeah, that much we can agree on, my friend. Great talk, as always. Appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks, brother. Always fun. All right, Doug Maurice, the podcast, Kings of Columbus, joining us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Three things coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Wake up with The Fan. Eat lunch with The Fan. Go to bed with The Fan. Dream about The Fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports conversation that's worthy of a toast, or at least a stiff drink. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, Reese, what are we on the poll today? Daily fan poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Today's fan poll asks, what will be the Super Bowl matchup two weeks from Sunday? Chiefs and Lions, Chiefs and Niners, Ravens and Lions, Ravens and Niners, your options. 40% of respondents to the Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care say the Ravens and the Niners will be the headliners in Super Bowl 58. Super Bowl 46 rematch, correct? Uh Not sure. Yeah, it was in 2013. This Roman numeral thing throws me. I was there when the lights went out in and, New Orleans. And now Harbaugh's back. Jim Harbaugh is back yeah. in the NFL. Full circle, John's everything. Still, John's still with the Ravens. So, yeah. yeah. That that So that's the, the betting. Either way, unless the Lions are involved, you're going to get a, a uniform matchup we've seen relatively recently in the Super Bowl. Either Ravens and Niners or uh, Niners and Chiefs. We saw that very, very recently. So uh, that's where you stand on that. Um, going to be a fun weekend on Sunday with, with those two games back-to-back. Let's hit three things on a Friday. Hit it, fellas. One. 
two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, as loyal listeners know, I have a great deal of reverence and love for the HBO series Band of Brothers, the companion piece, The Pacific, also very, very good, although much more gloomy than Band of Brothers was. Uh, so they're coming out with Masters of Air um, at same group, Spielberg, Hanks, uh, which is the story of World War II pilots. And I'm, I can't wait to watch it. And then it, I, I figure, I find out that it's on Apple TV um, is, is who's producing it. So I ask you guys, this isn't a statement, rather, is it just like every other app? Like, I just got to download the app. Can I get it on any TV or do I got to do like, because I thought, like, I can still just get it on any TV, right? Or do I have to? Apple TV and Apple TV Plus are different things. So Apple TV is one of the add-ons, like a Roku to your TV. Apple TV Plus is just an app that most, sometimes it's weird. There are certain agreements with certain things, but usually you can get every app like that on any TV that has that capability. All right. That's what I was fearful of because I remember the Apple TV, you had to buy like the little apparatus. No, yeah. Those are separate things now. Yeah. All right. Very good. Good. First thing for me, it's my older brother's birthday on Sunday. So first, happy birthday, Eric. We're going down to Dayton. We'll have dinner. It's also my mom's birthday the second week of February, so we're kind of wrapping that in as well. But one cool fact about his birthday, like his real true date of birth 34 years ago, it was the day of the Super Bowl. This one happened to be Super Bowl 24, which saw the 49ers destroy the Broncos 55-10. to 10. It's happened at least one more time in his life, and I remember this one. Super Bowl 35 in 2001 was also his birthday. The Ravens, hey, look at that. They beat the Giants 34-7. to I guess he'll have to settle, though, for championship weekend now as the Super Bowl's <laughs> never getting pushed back into January ever again. No. Uh-uh. Hey, what are you guys doing 100 days from now? Uh, probably the show. Uh, no, it's Sunday, May uh, 5th. May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. I know what I'm doing. Never mind. Oh, yeah, Cinco de Mayo, the day after the Kentucky Derby. How about you join us at Hollywood Casino Columbus for the fans' massive Euchre tournament? Oh, the, regist- the registration's open now at 971thefan.com slash Euchre. $25 for a team. Maximum of 400 teams. Those will go quickly. The event benefits the Ohio State Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and the Richard J. Solov Research Institute. 25 bucks again to lose to me and a partner. It's a very Ohio sport. I never heard of it until here. And Amy's parents like tried to show me. I got I went cross-eyed. I have no idea. What I get too excited playing cards and always like think I've won before we've gone through all the turns fully. I don't have the patience yeah. for cards. Number two for me, um, Jurgen Klopp retiring from Liverpool today. Probably the best example of the perfect coach at the perfect time for the perfect club, and it all worked. He's been there since 15. They've won the Champions League. They've won the Premier League. It's been a long time since they've won the Premier League. Um, and and he, he, ret- he stepping down at the end of the season, one of the classiest messages that I've ever seen somebody do it in, and just a true gentleman of the sport, one of the great minds in, in all of sport over the last decade plus. Second one for me, I don't know if you guys have seen this video. It's been circulating the last hour or so around social media, but somebody in the Saban family was able to take a video of Nick Saban enjoying retirement he's at least trying new things or at least it looks like this might be his first time trying to to boogie board because he tries to ride the wave a little bit he's on he tries to get on his stomach and and hop on it nope doesn't work he goes under the wave the boogie board pops out he has to get up and 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 walk through it not a great start for his boogie boarding career but it looks like he's already trying to branch out in his retirement good for you coach saban someone Looking at you, Chops, could be that someone spent $78,000 
last night at an auction for a 2022 Caitlin Clark <laughs> Gem Mint 10 Auto 10 uh, autographed. The, is that a card? Basketball card. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. I don't know what any of that like means. Cards. But that's like perfect, I think. Sports memorabilia has turned into like a money laundering front. I'm 100% convinced. 78 grand. The, yeah, it'll never. How would that ever? No. That's the most it's going to be worth. It's right now. J-Lo was not happy when I said, you know, Sunday got me a Google search in Caitlin Clark jersey. <laughs> not happy about that. <laughs> um, finally, for me, for me, number three. On garbage day, today's garbage day in the development, it should be illegal to put your garbage out the night before. This time of year with the wind, I spent half the morning picking up boxes from my neighbor's recycling. Like, the onus is, if if you're going to do that, then the onus is on you in the morning to get up before I do and go clean it up. It it shouldn't fall on me. Or get a lid for it. Like, if it's a lid and it can stay in. yeah. Yeah, fine. Lock it in, whatever. You can't just put it out loose, and then now it's my burden. So I just pick it up, and I throw it back on their land. You may as well just throw it out the front door. (laughs) What's the point? Last one for me. Uh, This is a follow-up to yesterday. I was talking about the portion sizes at certain places, the difference between ordering online and going into the store. And my biggest complaint with it is actually not that sometimes it's smaller, and I want the most I can possibly get. I don't care what the portion size is. I just need to know. I need to know that I'm this hungry if I go and spend this money and order this, that this is the amount of food I'm getting. Because when you don't get the amount of food and you're expecting a certain amount, that's really disappointing for an evening when you when you bring it home and you pick it up from an online order so just get it consistent that's all i need i don't care what the portion evens out to get it consistent well i know you don't have like time in your schedule as brown's Uh general manager and host of this show but would you consider a run for hoa president or chair whoever you you know i've done that you know i've done that that's the most thankless job in the history of the world i couldn't get out of that responsibility quick enough (laughs) that's death that's the worst job in America, man. HOA president. Thankless. Uh, Rothman and Ice coming up next. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Matty Ice has a large tattoo on his calf of LeBron eating a lion. I have nothing else to say. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. It's a fan action update. Now, here's a weird stat for you heading into championship weekend. Teams after facing the Bills the last week are 24-41-1 against the spread. That's 37% and 5-7 and this year. Teams to beat Josh Allen in the playoffs are 0-4 straight up in their next games. Chiefs are a four-point underdog to the Ravens. This action update is brought to you by Maryhaven, Maryhaven Gambling Intervention Program, where free help is available to gamblers and their loved ones. I'm Scotty Vegas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Sports.
Good afternoon. I'm Ryan Baker. The Columbus Blue Jackets got goals from Igor Chinnikov, Damon Severson, Adam Fantilli, Alexander Texier, and Dmitry Voronkov last night, and they beat the Calgary Flames 5-2. Danil Tarasov made 28 saves to get the win. It was the Jackets' first win in regulation since December 19th. A couple of NFL teams have new head coaches. The Carolina Panthers have hired former Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Dave Canales, and the Atlanta Falcons have hired Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. The Baltimore Ravens have activated tight end Mark Andrews off of IR ahead of the AFC Championship game Sunday. Andrews has been out with an ankle injury he suffered against the Bengals November 16th. This one's sponsored by BMI Federal Credit Union. Need a little extra help after the holidays? Get a holiday loan from BMI. Visit bmifcu.org slash holiday loan. Breaking sports news as it happens on the fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.